is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to a big edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We got a lot to talk about today as we count down until, what, 9.30 tonight for the puck to drop at the Shark Tank as the Jets look to extend their winning streak and get back on top of the Central Division after the Avalanche stormed back to beat the Calgary Flames last night with three goals in the third period. Uh, Jamie Thomas from Jets TV is going to jump on now. <laughs> Fortuitous timing to have Jamie joining us today because Jamie is also a card-carrying Miami Dolphins fan. I'm quite interested to see his state of mind coming out of last night's ridiculous Monday night doubleheader with two big, big upsets that have completely shaken up the playoff picture in the National Football League. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, But, of course, Jamie with his thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets. And then it'll be hammer time. Jeff Hamilton. We'll talk Jets with him. I definitely want to pick his brain on his thoughts on how everything went down with the reporting in and around uh, the Shohei Otani fiasco over the weekend when it comes to uh, Blue Jays fans and certainly many of the people that made erroneous reports. So that will be fun. And uh, now with the playoff picture as cloudy as it's ever been in the National Football League, Andy McNamara will join us a little later on. We'll talk about that. And, of course, as we go live, for those of you that are with us on YouTube, shout out to everyone joining us right now. Uh, make sure to hit that red, uh, that subscribe button and uh, give us a thumbs up. We, um, we will await word from Mike McIntyre in San Jose on the status of Kyle Connor. Um, the Jets will skate in about 25 minutes. So I would imagine that, you know, some point in that next hour while we're on the air, we'll get news of uh, the severity of the injury to Kyle Connor from Rick Bonus when he speaks after the morning skate. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be a big one. Continue the prayer vigil and hope positive vibes for KFC. And let's get right into it. Uh, hey, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, the gang at Cool Bet Canada. And by the way, shout out to uh, Markham Fanasuk, who is a regular WS tier, a very loyal lock shop listener. And uh, he was the winner of the Cool Bet Hockey Hall for the last month. So he's getting a great Cool Bet prize package as well as some tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets. So shout out to Mark. Also want to thank Princess Auto, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Sport Manitoba and Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Jets, Little Brown Jug. And of course, we will get to a why not question of the day for Not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Let's get Remus in here and uh, get this show on the road. What's going on? How about those games last night? Yeah. Man, the Monday night uh, doubleheader. Well, I don't know. Was it a doubleheader or was it like. Yeah, it was a doubleheader. But it was two games at the same time. It wasn't back to back. So I don't know. I don't know if you can call it a doubleheader, but it was two games. Yeah, I think it's technically it's just two games. I mean, even before when they staggered the games a little bit, I think it was still a doubleheader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just joking around. And we had that and a number of uh, NHL games last night as well, including including the Jets division rivals, uh, Dallas getting a win, Colorado getting a win. So while the Jets were in first in the Central for a day, uh, you look now, Colorado 
uh, with a big third period comeback against Calgary last night. They've retaken first, but hey, they got they played two more games in the Jets, and Dallas is a point up played one more game. So hey, the Jets, but you go by points percentage, the Jets are still in first. So we should be looking at it like this. So a couple games looking forward. Hey, back on the horse tonight. A big late one. Ready to stay up late, Hus. Got the coffee uh, brewing. Jets, Sharks, 9.30 start. And, you know, last Friday, uh, show to Spency for this one in the chat. Last Friday was Otani watch. Today, ligament watch for, yeah. Kyle, for Kyle Connor as we await to hear any updates, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we got into it yesterday. There was a lot of... There was a lot of anger on the show yesterday. Some of it from yours truly about a certain football game on a week the weekend. Uh, pretty much every Jays fan choked about the way everyone got jerked around about the Otani watch. And then, of mm-hmm. course, every Jet fan choked about what happened to Kyle Connor and the fact that there very quickly uh, was announced that there would be no supplemental discipline to Ryan Strom. Um, it's pretty clear, Reem, that you know the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to uh, win some games for the time being without Kyle Connor, and we'll get a chance to see this team for the first time, um, you know, beyond uh, the remaining part of the Anaheim game where Kyle was out. Um, and we'll talk to Mike a little. Or we'll get the word from Mike actually probably in the next little bit before uh, while we're talking to Jamie and into our segment with Jeff on how the lines will look. Um, and as we talked about it yesterday on the program with Mike, I think there's a good chance that this might be a huge opportunity for Morgan Barrett. And uh, I've been really impressed with the way Morgan's played so far this year. Um, he's added a little bit more. He's scored some big goals, a massive one in the game on Sunday night against Anaheim. And if they do move Barron up to that spot, um, they don't really have to touch lines two or three. Um, Lowry and, and Cole Perfetti's lines. So I'm sort of expecting it to be like that, but the bottom line is no one else is going to be feeling sorry for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they know what they have to do. They got to go in and beat a San Jose team that I'm not sure where they've been catching everybody off guard, Reem, uh, or teams haven't been taking them very uh, seriously after those the start of the season and the back-to-back 10-goal ten uh, goal losses. Um, but the Sharks have won a number of games over this past kind of stretch of 10 to 15. And uh, it's not just going to be a, uh, a lay down team right now. I think they're showing that they've got a lot of fight in them and they didn't want to be embarrassed like they were at the start of the season. Yeah. I think my, uh, GM Mike Greer went in there and was like, guys, we're in the NHL. Like, come on, get your head out of your ass. And they've actually played pretty well. And you mentioned not laying down uh, their most recent game against Vegas you know they came back down, came back twice uh, from two, from uh, two goal deficits, including tying the game in the dying seconds uh, before losing in a shootout to Vegas. Uh, just looking over their past games here, uh, so they won against Detroit in overtime, won against the Islanders five four overtime, uh, lo- you know lost against the Rangers and won against the Devils. That's just this month. And you look at these games. I mean they're giving they're giving up a ton of goals. I don't think goaltending. Is a strong thing for um, for San Jose um, and now there's defense, but hey, the scoring has come up. Uh, Mikhail Granlund getting some ice time and opportunity. He's playing well. Uh, Mike Hoffman, uh, you know, you know, he can still score goals. Uh, so San Jose, they're not quite a pushover, but you know, looking in the standings, us, they are at the bottom. Eight wins, 
17 losses, three overtime losses, 339 points percentage, minus 54 uh, goal differential. And I'm not sure about, um, we haven't heard confirmation on the goalie, but you know, go Hellebuck here and Rossois and try to secure the two points tonight and hope you can uh, you can get you know steal one uh, tomorrow on the back to back. Yeah, it's funny. I was just going to bring that up, um, you know, and and you know, here here's a why not question of the day for everyone to get things going. Uh, not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery with our why not question of the day. Anyone think we might see Brassois tonight and Hellebuck tomorrow? Um, you know, historically the Jets have pretty much always run Hellebuck in the first game of those back-to-backs and whether it's LB, whether it was big save Dave last year or any of the other backups that uh, have been playing behind Hellebuck before, they pretty much have always gotten that second end of the back-to-back. Um, but I would imagine it would maybe cross their mind to go with LB. Although to be honest, I would have said this a lot more maybe a week and a half ago before Brassois played the way he did against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I think the way that that shook out and the way that he played that night gives the Winnipeg Jets a lot of confidence that it doesn't matter who the opponent is. They're fine with playing LB. Um, so I'm sort of with you, Remus. I expect Hellebuck to get the uh, get the nod tonight. You know, try and keep this winning streak for him and the team going. Uh, and then... To your point, see if LB can uh, sort of channel what he had at Canada Life Center last Monday and uh, backstop the Jets in a very tough spot on the second end of back-to-back nights against those Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, I, I, you know they've always started Hellebuck on the first game you mentioned. And one thing that also does is it gives him an extra day of rest. That's because these days of rest here in December 2023 will pay dividends when it comes to the playoffs. That's that extra day needs it here i don't know have the math on that but look they play uh tonight so if he doesn't play tomorrow you get three days in a row off i mean three that's much more uh than two and then the late flight us we're trying to maximize hellbuck make sure he's ready for the playoffs and it starts october with the season-long plan and uh yeah i would i would throw him in tonight get the win and we'll see about tomorrow i think that's and that's what they've done in the past, and that's going to be a tough one tomorrow. Back-to-back against the Kings, who have been excellent this season. Yeah, Getter Dunn says he thinks they'll be tonight and Helly tomorrow. I would have thought about it more, but as they say, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I would be surprised if, they, if we didn't see Hellebuck tonight. Um, but again, the way both goalies are playing right now in the team, maybe they want to try and see what Helly can do going head-to-head against, uh, you know, certainly a more lethal test than the, than the Sharks with all due respect to a team that has been winning more than they've been losing over the course of the last kind of eight games or so. Um, so listen, we'll get into this with Jamie Thomas right away when he joins us. But Remo, we got to talk about these Monday nighters last night. I mean, those two games started off, you know, pretty pedestrian for the first half and both ended in absolutely spectacular fashion. And you would have thought with, Tommy DeVito authoring a last second, a last two minutes game winning drive after the Packers had come back to take the lead. They would be pretty tough to top that. Well, enter the Miami Dolphins, who blew a 14 point lead 
in the last three minutes of the game and became the first NFL team in 767 games to not win when they were up by 14 in the last three minutes. I still, I went back and watched the last five minutes of that game again. It is still almost inconceivable that it played out the way that it did, especially when you think of Tennessee throwing up all over themselves first. I mean, this was a close game, 13-all. They're getting the ball back. They muff a punt. Miami gets it on like the seven-yard line. Quick touchdown. Tennessee gets the ball back. Almost immediately, Will Levis throws it behind Derrick Henry and behind and backwards. Miami jumps on it. They've got another, I don't know, 10, 12-yard field in for a touchdown. And at that time, the game seemed like it was over. And for a team that had the opportunity to maybe be challenging for the number one seed in the AFC to let Will Levis run all over them, well, not run, but pass all over them, two quick drives, a two-pointer from Mike Vrabel, who's got huge stones, and then all of a sudden the Dolphins, I, I think they were still stunned. They couldn't believe they had to run the offense back out there and try and win the game. And the next thing you know, they get sacked. That's it for two and the boys. And, man, for a team that there's been a lot of talk about who have they beaten so far this year, they've been beating up on bad teams. Well, the Titans have been a pretty bad team this year, and they just authored an incredible comeback. And it has just thrown the AFC, and now with the Giants' win over the Packers, the NFC playoff spots into a complete mess. And to think that Minnesota... The Minnesota Vikings with that 3 nothing win, the legendary 3 nothing win in Vegas on the weekend, were the big winners of the weekend, and they're now holding down the sixth seed with a game up on the Packers, who are actually still in the playoffs, albeit at 6-7. and seven. Yeah, craziness yesterday, and we have to mention the Tyreek Hill injury, Huss. I mean, that's huge for yeah. Miami. I mean, he's such a game-changer with his speed. You know, I thought he was a lock to uh, get 200 receiving. What was his line? Like 10? It was 109.5. 109.5. And you never want to see an injury, but it just shows what he means to that offense, what he means to the league. And see Connor in chats uh, suggesting MVP, you know, put him in the MVP conversation because he definitely uh, changes them. And it is kind of, you know, the. I don't know if I'm like a huge fan of these expanded players because you're seeing some bad teams that have no business being in there, uh, get in. And, like, look at this race. Like, like Atlanta, like, they're terrible. Like, Green Bay, Vikings. I don't know, the sixth seed I don't think is going to be uh, very good. And let's go up to the AFC. The AFC's not as bad, but, like, Indy's no good. Well, are we sure? Are we sure? Like, the Steelers have the sixth seed. Yeah, The Steelers just lost at home in back-to-back weeks to the two-win Cardinals and the two-win Patriots. Yeah, they're not. And yet they're still in the six-hole. Like, Joe Flacco and the Browns are, like, love and life. They're minus 400 to make the playoffs now at eight and five. But, I mean, you've got these – the, these are the seven and six teams in the AFC. The Steelers are in the six-hole. The Colts right now by tiebreaker have the seventh and final spot – but then you've got four other teams at seven and six, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, and the Bills. And what's nuts about the Bills is I think everyone ag- would agree that's the most dangerous team in this group of seven and six teams. But because of their losses earlier in the season, 
they lose the tiebreaker to every one of those clubs. And uh, they still have a very difficult run to get into the playoffs just based on the tiebreaker situation for Buffalo. Yeah, we thought Buffalo was uh, was toast. Us, but uh, that bit, win against the Chiefs, absolutely huge. I think that we kind of said, oh, well, there's no way they're beating the Chiefs. But you never know what's going to happen. We saw that last night. Like Miami, what, 14-point favorites against Tennessee. And not only did Tennessee cover and they won. And Tommy DeVito, who's, what, becoming like America's sweetheart. <laughs> now you see the family tailgate. They're showing. Uh... Dude, that tailgate looked, I mean, I've been to some great tailgates before and seen some pretty incredible cuisine. Yeah. That was right up there. Didn't Mama DeVito make like 300 cutlets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. It looked, it looked amazing, but, uh, oh, here's, here's the video from New York Post Sports, the DeVito. Well, check out this tailgate. I know it I was need, it was incredible. I need look to go to this. Look at all that food. What is that meatballs? I can't. Oh my god, this is look at how do you bring all this food? I've never been to a real uh, tailgate like that. Look at that bread. Oh my god! So they showed this on uh, on TV yesterday, but everyone's just uh, head over heels for Tommy DeVito. But it was Saquon Barkley, I think, huge, uh, huge role in that win yesterday as we watch. What are they making sandwiches here? Uh, they're making maybe a chicken parm sandwich there. I mean, like, listen, what 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 are they not making there? I mean, pretty <laughs> much they've got everything. It's uh, it's something else. Well, listen, we'll. Uh, I don't think we've spent the last moments speaking about Monday Night Football. I have a feeling that might come up in a moment with our with our next guest. Although we will be focusing in on the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, um. One uh, one thing I wanted to get to, I see Ezzy in the chat. Shout out to Ez and the gang at Hockey Manitoba. Uh, a nice little congrats um, are out to a couple of young Manitobans. Avery Pickering from St. Adolph and Sarah Manis from LaSalle have been named to Team Canada's roster for the 2024 Under-18 Women's World Championships. January 16th in Zug, Switzerland. So uh, Avery and Sarah, well done. Congratulations and good luck representing our province wearing the red and white for Hockey Canada at the Women's World Under-18 Championships in Switzerland coming up in January. We'll pay attention to uh, how the girls are doing there. Great news and always nice to see Manitobans get an opportunity to represent the country. Um, All right, Jamie Thomas is coming up with us right away. That's a guy that might have needed a drink last night. Um, Shout out to our friends at Canadian Club. Uh, There's a CC for every occasion heading into the holidays, whether it's for holiday gathering, gift giving, or dealing with your team blowing a (laughs) 14-point lead in the last three minutes of a football game. Uh, We've got it all for you. uh, All the Canadian Club favorites. Original, 100% rye, Canadian classic, 12 years old. And, of course, there is still stock left at Manitoba Liquor Mart, so the limited-release CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. The Canadian Club Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask is the signature Canadian Club Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging and Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of a classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry available now through the holidays while supplies last 
$79.99. Pick it up along with all the other on-sale Canadian club products at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and now through the holiday season. And always, please enjoy responsibly. Um, our friends at Manitoba Battery are ready for the holidays, but also for what's to come on the other side. And that is the deep freeze that companies are winter. Uh, make sure you're ready for it, folks, and not on the side of the road calling a buddy for a boost or a ride. Make sure your battery is ready to go for the winter. Manitoba Battery has you covered. You'll shop local. You'll get the best prices in town. And better of yet, you won't even need to leave your house. This is how it works. Go to manitobabattery.com. Check out the prices. Beating the pants off the big box stores. Best in town, period. Order whatever you need. And Donnie and the gang will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter with any purchase over 60 bucks. You can also give them a call at 783 8787. Our great staff will take you through it. And if you do want a free battery test to see how you're looking heading into winter, pop by and see them. 1026 Logan Avenue. And of course, everything available there in person as well. Manitoba Battery, again, manitobabattery.com. Know a lot of you trying to, uh, you know, maybe get ready for some big holiday parties and uh, whatnot. Maybe a good time to head down to Modern Man Barbershop. I did last week. Eight locations in Winnipeg to get you looking good for the holidays, fellas, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway and Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment and book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And, of course, we got to thank Aquatech and their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, the pool and spa experts in town, but also the experts at home renovations with Aquatech. With thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. All right, big game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. We're continuing our prayer vigil for Kyle Connor and hopefully good news from Mike McIntyre there later on. Let's bring in Jamie Thomas of uh, Winnipeg Jets TV. And um, folks, you may not know, Jamie, card-carrying member of the Miami Dolphins crew. Uh, listen, we're going to get to hockey, but... Uh, <laughs> How did you sleep last night? Uh, what's what's your current state of mind after? I mean, one of the most stunning, stunning comebacks in recent NFL history. I love how you bring this up now, just at the right of the tail end of what happened to the Chiefs the other night. It's like, oh, yeah. We've moved on. We've moved it's on. Always, it's always worse. Somebody else, someone told me. So I, I love oh. when they throw those stats up on the TV where it says, Okay, so for last night, it's teams leading by 14 with three minutes left, 700 and something to zero. So as soon as that goes up, you're like, oh, hell. And <laughs> just you have a bad feeling in your stomach. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, there was a ton of memes that went out last night. Uh, one was somebody had them, uh, the Miami Dolphins first place in the AFC, and they just throw it away. That's what that one was. There's another kid, another meme of some kid playing quarterback that trips over something in the front room and they're saying this is this is Tua without Tyreek so there's a there's a whole it was a, it was a whole mess of things buddy so I mean you, you shake that off you're a game behind Baltimore for first in the conference you still have a very nice lead on the Buff the Buffalo Bills so you feel good where you are it's it, it, it's it, in years past you know one friend of mine is like okay this is the same Dolphins are gonna they're gonna fall apart in December I just feel much different about this team 
than I have in for the last decade. Um, so they'll 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 shake this off. But that's a terrible way to lose to a horrible football team that had not won on the road uh, so far this season. You know what? As longtime fantasy football guys, yeah, in a weird way, there mm. was it, it. It seemed like there was some divine intervention. We didn't mention this yesterday. I should have. Um, but long time Titans legend Frank Wycheck yeah. passed away on the weekend. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I mean, just the way that that all happened with Will Levis, who had done nothing for 57 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh, just for him to do that, it was it, it was absolutely stunning. And listen, the Dolphins have been good enough this year. They'll be fine. They're in the playoffs. But it certainly does make, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are the big winners, even though they're 11th in the standings right now. Yeah. That win over Kansas City and the Dolphins loss puts a few more options on the table for them to uh, get in. Yeah, and like the Dolphins and the Bills, are, I believe, play again a little bit the, the last part of the year too. So it's just they're – the door is still open and you wanted to close the door entirely on the Buffalo Bills to get first place in the AFC East. But uh, again, this, this is the way things work. And, you know, two wild finishes, you know, pr- primetime football hasn't been the, exactly the greatest, especially on Thursday, but those are two crazy finishes on Monday night football and that double header that's uh, that's uh, ESPN had yesterday slash TSN up here North of the border. All right. Uh, we'll move on from uh, last night's festivities in the national football league to the Winnipeg Jets, and we are getting from Mike McIntyre in San Jose some breaking news here. Kyle Connor's knee injury is hopefully a six- to eight-week recovery timeline. However, there's still some further evaluation pending which could alter that. We'll get an official update from Rick Bonus in about an hour following the morning skate. I'll be honest, Jamie, um, I had sort of braced myself for something along these lines, like basically missing a couple months. Yes. What, what, what the, the biggest worry is, is that the, with, with as dangerous as a hit that was like on the knee with the way that he got hurt, there's the potential that, I mean, that could be it for the season. So yeah. that is what I am most concerned about hearing. And to be honest, I think I would take six to eight weeks right now, knowing that it is you know, that Kyle Connor will be back. Of course, they've got the player break during that period of time as mm-hmm. well, so you know, you're maybe not missing as many games. Um, but just reaction to that, what was your thoughts on uh, um, you know what you maybe were expecting or or fearful, like most Winnipeg Jet fans? Yeah, I, I think. It was the same feeling that you had when Gabe Velarde went down against Los Angeles Kings in October. You're like that 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 can't be good. And the fact that the Jets and Velarde, for that matter, dodged the bullet the way that they did um, was fortunate. And I think what Velarde has provided, and I'll get to Connor in a second, is kind of like an inside look. Not, not many people talk about, and I'm talking about players, about the amount of work that goes into recovering from an injury like that. And I think Velarde has been pretty clear about that, about how lonely it is, uh, how long it takes to get back up to speed. Um, you know, and the frustration behind an injury that that is preventable. Um, so I think some people, you know, some people may be frustrated with the fact there isn't a suspension, but I, I don't think any suspension that Ryan Strom could have got would make anybody feel any better uh, about the situation because your main concern is about Kyle Connor and how long he's going to be out of the lineup. So for if six to eight weeks is the timeline, then you take a big sigh of relief. 
and you move on because you realize it could be it could have been a lot worse. So I think that the, the best way to describe that is, is we're still waiting to see what Rick Bonus says. But if that is what it is, then I think they've dodged another bullet on that one because they do have a lot of depth up front to deal with this type of stuff. But you also see what life without Kyle Connor is, especially on the power play. Uh, the other night against Anaheim is not exactly the best defending team in the world uh, while shorthanded. So you, you, you can't replace what Kyle Connor provides for your lineup. And unfortunately, at this point, from what it seems, will be either just under two months or two months, a time frame. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, listen, I know you said, hey, uh, you know, a suspension's not going to make anybody yeah. feel better. It might. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, <laughs> if it was 20 games, like, put sure, it, this like, way, it doesn't matter yeah. to the Jets. It's not going to yeah. change a damn thing for Kyle yeah. Connor's status right now and what happens going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I still maintain that I, 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 I it, put it this way. If this was an East Coast game involving one of the other top scorers in the league, say maybe oh. an Austin Matthews or something oh. like that, I, I oh. just me, I don't really think that they're immediately going, yeah, that's uh, move on. That's no suspension. Um, you know, they deemed it a reckless play. It was five minutes in a game misconduct, and it's knocking out one of the top goal scorers in the league for yeah. potentially two months or more. Yeah, um, I Great example, though, Huss, is like, just as you talked about that, look what happened with the reaction with Brad Marchand and Timothy Lilligren of the, of the Maple Leafs. That's a great example that, you know, Leaf Nation thought that was a slew foot. He was taking, he was trying to hurt him. The reaction was exactly what you said. It, it's not even close to what the reaction is to the loss of Kyle Connor. And that, to me, is one of the biggest travesties out there about the importance and the quality and the elite player that Kyle Connor is that not more is being said about this because it, it's, it is bad to have him out of the game in any type of way, especially in that fashion. So it, the, the, the reaction to it is only big here, not big enough across the country, in my opinion. Um, Mitch Clinton. Uh, oh, interesting. You know, we were just talking about this before. Mm-hmm. And I had thrown this out on the why not question of the day, assuming that Connor Hellebuck would be the guy starting, um, but that, you know, you'd maybe give some consideration to LB. Mitch Clinton's reporting that LB's in the starters net right now. Okay. Um, and, and Jamie, that is very different than the way the Winnipeg Jets have normally handled back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't remember, in fact, the time where Hellebuck did not play the first game. Yeah. But, I mean, you're looking at these two teams, San Jose and L.A. L.A. is one yeah. of the top teams in the league. San Jose, to put it mildly, isn't. Um, they are not. But I think part of the reason why I thought Hellebuck would go is that I think the way Brassois played against the Carolina Hurricanes gave them immense confidence that he'd be able to go and you know continue that against the Kings. But um, interesting little change-up right now, and I think with the way the schedule's put out, does give them that opportunity, maybe to give Helly the extra day of rest before seeing what he can do to continue their winning streak against one of the biggest tests in the league. Yeah, I agreed. And uh, I think, you know, we'll hear from the Jets. So clear, this is probably the plan, right? It's probably that this was always going to be LB's game. But that being said, the way he played against Carolina, it was the game that we had to see as people that cover the team, and I'm sure for Jets fans, because you had to know in your heart of hearts that, this is what's not going to be a David Riddick situation where you're not quite sure what you're going to get night in and night out whenever he took the net. And Connor Hellbuck's going to need his breaks, but you're going to need to know that you can win with Lauren Brassois net. He proved that the other night. 
I feel like he's back. You know, there's always that, that adjustment period of coming back. And yes, he's played. He knows, you know, he knows a lot of the players, but the system that's in place, he, there's a lot of things you have to figure out as, as a goaltender. So, um, Bressois is in a good spot. This is the right thing. And also, you know, Los Angeles Kings playing the way that they have been this year. Uh, it will be a stiff test and you have to have your best goaltender in the net. So yes, it's, you know, it's not traditionally the way things go, but the right call clearly uh, for those who get paid to make these types of decisions. Well, it, you know, uh, we'll, we'll hesitate and reserve judgment until we see what happens with the games on the right yeah. call. But to be honest, it did. And, and, and I think we were speaking about this last week. It does make sort of sense to do exactly that. There's something to be said, you know, about the, the starter always wanting to be with the fresher team. And that sort of put the backups in that tough spot where – you're playing on the second end of a back-to-back already, and you don't have your top goaltender. I, I have no issue with this. I mean, mm-hmm. LB, I think, you know, if, if he can be play the way he did um, against Carolina, he'll give the Jets a very good chance to win this game against a Sharks team that, as bad as they looked earlier on, have not been pushovers lately. Um, and it certainly gives the Winnipeg Jets the best chance to ice their best lineup to take on the Los Angeles Kings when they're getting right back at it tomorrow at Crypto. Yeah, and listen, the last two times, the two visits to San Jose last year were less than memorable. That was, I was on those trips, and uh, for whatever reason, I know they ran to a hot goaltender and James Reimer, um, but the Jets didn't have their best games in San Jose. Clearly a new team and everything this year, so you feel better about that. And then Mitch just tweeted out, so Velarde's with Shifley and Ehlers, so that, I mean on the right side um th- that was just a matter of time so they have morgan baron looks at the right side of the second line with the mesikov and perfetti so that's uh well morgan baron the way he played the other night deserves a promotion to the top six um th- th- that's just the way it is and it doesn't look like there's any call-ups happening at this point and you know i, I think dave manuk made a great point the other day on twitter about you know a lot of people probably ask about you know brad lambert um, Chibrikov, you know, the Lambert is, as Dave pointed out the other day, you know, he's developing at, at center and he's not going to play center in the National Hockey League. And the Jets have enough depth up front to withstand this for the time being, whether or not they call somebody up for the game in Los Angeles or maybe somebody's on their way, then we'll have to see at this point. But I do like the fact that Gabe Velarde's up on the top line with Shifley and Ehlers. Um, that was where eventually he was going to be. But Ehlers playing as well as he had been had kind of slowed things down a little bit. So there's the tweet from Mitch. Yeah. Um, you know, I had thought that there was, I mean, a couple ways that they could have gone. You know Mark yeah. Shifley's going to be anchoring that top line. Yes. And I know Ken had said that maybe this opens an opportunity at some point to get Perfetti playing with Shifley, which I think has some intriguing possibilities. Mm. But for right now, um, you know, Ehlers is is flying. He's connecting there, and I think it makes a lot of sense to get Gabriel Velarde up there. I wasn't sure whether it would happen right away. And I think part of that, when we talk about Morgan Barron, um, you know, they had the opportunity, and they did this in the game, pull Barron from the fourth line right up to the top line, and, man, he looked good. He's looked good all year, Jamie, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the play that he made was a huge part of turning things around. He ended up scoring the goal but yes. that started on a neutral zone turnover with a great stick where he yes. turned the puck going back around. Uh, listen, as much as it sucks for Kyle Connor to be out for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. this does happen. And with it comes opportunities for other players. And for a team like the Jets that have been so deep, that have had contributions from so many different players, there was going to be a guy or two that gets a nice bump up. And Morgan Barron has an opportunity to kind of 
show that he's much more than a bottom six player if he can click and he'll be playing with Nemetsnikov and Cole Perfetti on a new look um, line two, line three, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and one thing I do love about what Rick Bonus has done this year and, and of course, Scott O'Neill before that, like whenever the Jets are coming off the power play, it's always the third, it's the Lowry line that comes out. Now, Nino Nita Riders on that second power play unit, so what Bones does is he throws out Morgan Barron with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. So there, we, and that's been, that's worked very effectively after the Jets at the tail end of a power play and they want more pressure coming and what, who better, what better line to throw out there after uh, their power play than the third line. So I, I like the idea of rewarding guys for having, you know, that fourth line was arguably the Jets' best line in the game against against the Colorado Avalanche. It was a continuation, uh, some more solid play uh, the other night as well against the Anaheim Ducks. So why not give Morgan Barron a shot there? And thank goodness the Jets got Vladislav Domestikov back recently because you're really pushing the depth chart if uh, he, he wasn't back. But again, that move was made in the offseason to give you more depth up front instead of being top, so top six heavy as they have been in years past. And now this is showing since they were they held in there without Gabe Velarde and whatever time frame it is without Kyle Connor, they do have the forwards and the depth to to kind of withstand that, not for forever, but for a short period of time. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up Vlad. Mm-hmm. Um because underappreciated still. Dude, you know, he uh he, he kind of came in very quietly at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Yes. Became very important down the stretch. Showed that he, I know we kind of, you know, we make all these Swiss Army Knife references, and of course mm-hmm. Nino's the Swiss guy. <laughs> but in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, Vlad is the multi-use tool that is played all up and down the lineup. And for a guy that missed three games, he went right back into the lineup on against the Anaheim Ducks and he was front and center as well in that comeback in the third period. I, I, I do wonder where the Jets would be without Vlad Nemetsnikov. Put it this way, it wouldn't be in first place tonight if they could win if they can win against San Jose. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. And I think, you know, it's a understated grade. And there's, oh, you know, every coach that comes along always has their guy. And it looked like Vladislav Nemetsnikov was that guy um, for Rick Bonus. But, the, you know, the, another thing that I really appreciate about Vladdy, outside of the fact that he plays up and down your lineup, is he had some he has some grit to his game, and like he will not back down from anybody. And I know we got hurt in that collision with um, uh, against the in the Oilers game against Darnell Nurse, but he's not backing down from that situation, right? He's just like he's right in there. It doesn't matter the size of the individual; he'll give him a stick, he'll give him a quick whack, uh, he'll hit a good guy hard. Um, so he hits guys to take, not take them out of the game, but you know what I'm saying? He's, he's hitting to send a message a little bit sometimes too. So I love that grit in his game and the fact that wherever he is, he's reliable. And that's what you need, uh, when you're challenging, when your depth is being challenged the way it is right now. You know, one of the other interesting, um, kind of developments over the last kind of two weeks has been the rotation in, on the blue line. Um, we saw Nate Schmidt move out for uh, Declan Chisholm, uh, Chisholm and Stanley playing against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Big Stan getting the last couple games. And uh, Mike reporting now from San Jose that it looks like Nate Schmidt is going to be back in the lineup playing with Dylan Sandberg, where he and Sandberg in that third pairing role have actually had very good results yes. so far this year. Like, I, I always say, listen, I know people slag on Schmidt because of his contract. And yeah, he's making a lot of money. Um but when he's been out there, when he's been tasked with keeping goals out of their net, 
they have done a very good job on that. And I got to tell you, Jamie, I think competition, legitimate competition, where guys are in and out of the lineup, um, yes. is sort of certainly seemingly bringing out the best. Chisholm was really good. I think Stanley played some of his better hockey in the last couple of games. And you know you're going to see a motivated Nate Schmidt going back into the lineup tonight to sort of remind the coaches, hey, I'm still the number one choice, right? Like, give me a few games. Yeah, the, the the reason why, if there's any complaints at all about Nate Schmidt, it's clearly his contract. And people, yes, he's in a bit of, of, of a point slump right now, but he's a guy that you can take out of your lineup in order to get Chisholm and Stanley the games that they need to play to stay fresh. But you know he's going to go back in. You don't have to worry about him because he's a veteran player. He's You don't have to... Yes, it's hard to get back into the swing of things, but he's been around long enough. He knows what part of the game, where he has to lay back, where he has to jump into the play. That's the part you don't have to worry about with Nate Schmidt, whereas it's a little more challenging for the Stanleys and the Chisholms to play two NHL games and then sit and watch for a bit. You don't have that concern with Nate Schmidt. And they do they can't let him sit too long, just like they won't be able to keep you know Chisholm and Stanley out of the lineup. For, so it looks like... You know, your five defensemen are set. Rick Bonus has already said that. I have my five, my top five defensemen. Now it's just a battle to see who that sixth defenseman is. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because, as he has said numerous times, you got to have eight defensemen to win in this league because of injuries. Uh, and that is working out very well for the Winnipeg Jets in this situation. So good to see that Nate Schmidt, if indeed, back in the lineup tonight. Yeah, and T. Will with the chat, I'd love Schmidt at a million dollars a year. Uh, listen, he's... Yeah. there's not anything anyone can do about the money. And I mean, when guys are overperforming the contracts that they've signed, no one's saying, Hey, slide that guy an extra couple mil. Look how well he's doing. (laughs) I mean, they've got, they've got the cap. That would be one of the least team friendly contracts to say the least. Um, But listen, it was signed. They acquired him. Guy's been a good teammate. And the bottom line is nobody cares what guys salaries are. Once the puck drops, it's about getting the job done right now. And, you know, for a blue line that had a lot of concern coming in here, Jamie, and I'll give the entire team credit as well for the way the forwards are playing. Mm-hmm. They've consistently improved defensively. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't even say consistently. I think it's been pretty consistent all year. I'm not even sure it's been improved. I mean, you can kind of see the metrics have maybe regressed a little bit. Um, but at the same time, the goaltending's gone up after a little bit of a uh, more average start. So, you know, all in all, when it comes down to that, that's got to be the foundation of this team, and that's how they need to continue to play in the absence of Kyle Connor. Taking care of your goaltender first. There's still enough talent on this team to score goals. Yeah, and I think you know that's not being. I don't think enough is being said about you know it's been 15 or 16 games that they've you know with a streak of giving up three goals or less. You know that's that's how you win this league. Um, they're defending well. I'm sure the goaltending has been great, but the fact that those high danger chances aren't as high as they were in years past is critical at this point. And so as much as we're giving the depth uh, up front a lot of credit, we have to be giving the depth in the blue line the exact same credit. And to your point, this is uh, a blue line that maybe there were some question marks heading in, but I think they've answered that. And then some, the way they played and allowed Kyle Connor Hellebuck to get to the standard that we're so used to seeing. Maybe that new contract was getting to him earlier in the year, but that's so far in the rearview mirror now. You don't have to worry about that. And it looks like Lauren Bressois is getting to the standard that people uh, in the city and the organization expected of him. So right now everything is working except for the fact that you just keep losing key players to injuries. Yeah, well, you know, you bring a couple guys back and something mm. else happens. And, hey, it's going to happen to all teams so far. I mean, the Jets, certainly on the blue line, have been uncharacteristically fortunate 
that no one really has gone down. And that's a big part of why there's a lot of questions as to what happens next month when Vili Hanel is ready to play. Yeah. I think, I think at this point they've got to cross that bridge when they come to it. Um, because all of these guys can play a role on the club. If you've got nine healthy defensemen, you got to figure something out because you won't have eight, but it's not guaranteed that everyone's going to be good to go once Billy is uh, ready to come back. You know, Jamie, before we go, two big games on the West Coast, some late mm-hmm. nights, people can have a nap after work and then get ready to stay up for both of these. But then the team comes back and heading into Christmas, what a homestand we've got yeah. coming up, starting off with what very well could be a battle for first place in the Central Division with a very recent Stanley Cup champion and the measuring stick for the Central Division and Nate McKinnon mm-hmm. and the Colorado Avalanche coming up on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's so huge. And uh, the way, you know, the way that they handled the Avalanche the other day, you know, Colorado will be coming here with a little bit, but it's it's a great homestand. Let's not kid ourselves. It's a heck of a way to go in the big into the holidays. You have an original six week coming up with Montreal, uh, Detroit, and Boston to close out the pre Christmas schedule. Um, so, but to kick things off against the Avalanche on the Saturday is so huge. I can imagine you know there'll be a lot of Jet fans ready to go on Saturday after extended time away, and the way the team continues to play consistently and to hang around the conversation is one of the best teams in the Central Division and in the Western Conference should have people raring to go on on the Saturday. There hasn't been enough Saturday home games. Let's just say that here in Winnipeg. No, and and the schedule this year has been a heck of a lot better. I mean, Way better. Way better. I think think last Saturday was only the second Saturday that the team hadn't played. And I know they had had a couple home games, but they were matinees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is going to be, this is going to be awesome. And hopefully we can get, uh, Get some nice crowds. And then, I mean, three original six teams next week. Habs, Red Wings, and then that Boston Bruins game on Friday night heading into the break. I mean, uh, hard to imagine a better setup. And listen, bring it on. I mean, the way the Winnipeg Jets are playing right now, I want to see them play a team like Colorado at home. I want to see them play against the Boston Bruins. Yes. Um, Although it would be nice to have one Kyle Connor, who the Bruins famously passed over three consecutive picks in the first round, allowing him to get to the Winnipeg Jets. That's always an interesting side story. If you just jumped in late, uh, we got, man, we got a huge crew in here. Hit that thumbs up, uh, folks, if you haven't already. And if you're new around here, welcome. Winnipeg Sports Talk, live every day at 1 o'clock. Hit the subscribe button. Um, Jamie, uh, just to, to Kyle Connor reportedly out six to eight weeks. We'll get confirmation yeah. on that. I think the, the term Mike used was hopefully – uh, we'll get confirmation from Rick on that. And, uh, of course, Loren Brassois in the pipes tonight, it looks like, which means Connor Hellebuck will go tomorrow against the Kings in all likelihood against the Avalanche coming up on Saturday night. Uh, what do you have uh, cooking on with the uh, the content team right now as we head into the holidays? Well, the uh, ground control of the official podcast, Winnipeg Jets, should be on its way out. I came up with a brilliant idea. I don't know if it's brilliant to play a board game. We played Catan with uh, Jeff Malott and Dean Stewart of the Manitoba Moose, and they were great. And, you know, we've seen the Moose holiday video. Uh, we talked about who's the most annoying person on the team, who's the most emotional, just getting into the fun stuff. And, you know, they're on the road for a long time, and Catan apparently is the board game of choice. So for anybody out there looking for Christmas gift ideas, I had, I had a ton of fun, and, and they were fantastic. You know, the guys in the Moose don't get enough credit for just how good they are uh, dealing with us, and so it's a great uh, 25 to 30-minute chat with two great members of the Manitoba Moose. Coming yeah, up in the got, podcast today. 
we got to get Malad on this week uh, no. as well. Oh my gosh. He Dude. tells a great story about learning the banjo. You're going to love it. It's just, uh, apparently he's not very good at it, but he tried to t- t- take it up the other day. So I'll tell you what, uh, it, when his, when his, uh, when his career comes to an end, yeah, uh, he could walk into acting, maybe a sitcom mm-hmm. or something like how good was he in that Moose Christmas video? I mean, so, all the guys were good, but I mean, he yeah. was the star of the show. That was just phenomenal <laughs> content from the team. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And for all the lines that he had to have, it, it, it's great. And then, of course, Ty Bauer being uh, John McClane, uh, dressed up as him in the video. There's, it, it just It's perfect. And they, they tell a great story about this is one guy that's going to, you know, when his hockey career is over, you would fully expect Ty Bauer to go off the grid, right? He's just a good Alberta boy um, that wants to just work on the farm and cut wood kind of thing. And great guy like that. They have great stories about Chibrikov. Um, and how about the, the turtleneck sweater on, on, on Reichel, right? It's just like, it was, <laughs> and the pajamas that the rookies have to wear, like that, that's some serious buy-in because you can't tell me that you're not going to be bringing this up, this video later. There's Malad. Like what a great actor here. So it's just, <laughs> I mean, that's not acting. That's just natural. You know who's a great actor? Jeff Hamilton. So thank goodness you're having him on the, on the show because there is no better actor in this city than Jeff Hamilton. Let me well, tell you that. you know what? Jeff Malott, Jeff Hamilton, we both can <laughs> Just agree. Just ties it perfectly. They're both major hunks. I'll tell you that yeah. much. And uh, we're going to get him on right away. Uh, Jamie, yeah. shout out to you. Great Thanks. commissionering this year. Ready thank for you. the playoffs. Let's do it. Yeah, good luck, man. I'll yeah. be watching. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Kate, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll yeah. see you at the rink next week. You bet. All right, good stuff with Jamie Thomas. And yeah, you know, speaking of that, I wanted to say this right now. I was late night, I was screwing around on the computer and I was looking ahead. There's a lot of good seats available for these games. Um, and I know we've talked a lot about attendance. Um, listen, we've got three big original six teams coming in next week. Um, but we've always heard people, hey, we need good Saturday games. Listen, Avalanche coming in Saturday night during, well, not quite the holidays, but December 16th. Um, if you've been thinking about getting to a game, I would suggest Saturday night would be a pretty damn good one to go to. I'm going to be there. I can't wait for it. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets and the website for some other great gift ideas, deals and whatnot heading into the holidays. Um, but would love to see a few more butts in the seats for a team that, you know, could be back in first place if they can win tonight against the San Jose Sharks. Um, Certainly the product on the ice has been worthy, I think, of Jet fan support. Um, All right. Um, Hammer, as we mentioned, is coming up. Let's uh, give a shout-out to the gang over at Vita Health Fresh Market. You know, the uh, holidays are here. We're going to be heading into 2024. New Year's resolutions, taking care of yourself. Guys, I know we talked a lot about Men's Health Month last, uh, last month in November we got to be on top of that 12 months a year. And uh, Vita Health is the spot for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And supplements like Prairie Naturals, Canada's number one line of men's health supplements. Helping support the changing needs of a man's body and assisting with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. Get on down to Vita Health be supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, and carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, perfect for holiday usage and gift-giving. Head on down to Vita Health 
empowering people to lead healthy lives, six Winnipeg locations, and online at myvita.ca. Yeah, Wallace and Wallace is busy right now. Listen, you know they're the fencing experts. They've been doing it since 1946, and we've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. They're also Winnipeg's leaders in overhead garage doors. And that overhead garage door of yours had lots of ups and downs this summer and fall, but it's about to work a whole lot harder heading into winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace and Wallace. And guys, if you're looking into your closet and thinking, "Mm, I need to step up my menswear game heading into 2024, now would be a great time for a friendly nudge to that special someone to say the easiest way you can take care of me for the holidays is an F Apparel gift card, which I can go down and use on amazing prices on beautiful custom-made suits and clothing to fit. You'll never look better. Suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Gift cards on sale right now. You can get them online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. You can also make an appointment to go in and get fitted from the guys of a big Boxing Day sale coming up right after right after Christmas Day. And, of course, you can pop down and see them in person at 190 Smith Street at fapparel.com. All right. Let's bring in the hammer. Jeff Hamilton, the godfather, well on his way to playoff glory. In fact, the Media League, the top three teams of the Media League are with us right now. Michael Remus, Jeff Hamilton, and yours truly. What a season it's been. Are you ready for the playoffs? Yeah, I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for my first round bye. How are you feeling going into the first week of action? You know, uh, I got Ted uh, Wyman. Is that, does that count as a bye or no? Yeah, I think that's pretty much a bye. Yeah, it's about as good as, as good as what me and Remo got right now. Remo actually squeezed it out. I think me and Re- Remo tied for what, 10 and 3? 10 and uh, ten and four. I was and nine four. and five. Right, ten and four. So Remo had the points, so he went up first. So I was talking a big game. I was pretty much leading the castle the whole time. And I thought you were going to lead off by saying, "Hey, hey, Hammer, what's going on, man? How you doing?" And I was going to say, "Hey, Huss, I'm I'm uh, feeling positive and testing negative. That's why I wasn't there last week. I <laughs> I got COVID last week. I was uh, my third bout with it. So I'm three and zero against COVID. Although it got me for a couple days, but." Uh, I was sorry to miss uh, the party. It looked like an awesome time. Hey, it was a good time. We'll get out during the holidays for sure. There'll be plenty of opportunity to do that. But yeah, I was just looking. I was really hoping to win and be in the mix for uh, one of those buys. And then I ran up against Billick's team. I don't think he made the playoffs, but he managed to beat me by over 100. 195 points that he put up? 195 points. That's got to be a season high. Everybody went off. So he went out with a bang. I'll hopefully save my better week for uh, coming up next week. Um, Mike's getting a lot of credit for, obviously, the report on Kyle Connor, and rightfully so. But if you look at last week, did you see me You see me literally edge him by less than one point to eliminate him from the playoffs? That was a tough <laughs> loss. That was a tough loss. Uh, the, beauties of, uh, the beauties of fantasy football. Um, you know what? Speaking of Mike, um, you know, we got that report from uh, Mike, who's at the morning skate right now in San Jose. It sounds like Lauren Brassois is getting the start. Um, but Kyle Connor, 
and, and in Mike's words, hopefully out six to eight weeks, there's more testing to be done. We'll get confirmation from Rick Bonus. It could be worse um, is sort of if you want to put the positive uh, side of things. I mean, I think there was always the worry that with an injury like that, I mean, it could take a guy out for the season. But at the same time, I mean, assuming that we're talking about six to eight weeks, couple months, um, a big, big loss for a team and a guy that was really getting it done this year, as he usually does. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to to look at a, a you know potentially two two month absence and and view it as a positive. But I think you know if it does turn out to be six to eight weeks, that is a massive, massive piece of good news for the Winnipeg Jets because I think there was some major. I mean, clearly there was major concern around the organization, but when you look at the injury, you look at you know, all the contact where, you know, the, um, the direct contact on the knee, you look at Kyle Connor's face. I mean, everyone's trying to play doctor, you know, watching it go down. I think there was a lot of people concerned that this was a serious, serious injury, like, you know, multiple tears. And from the sounds of it, there might not even be a tear. The buzz is that they won't, I don't think much is going to come out of Rick bonuses press conference today. I think they're still waiting on answers um, you know, results to see what the extent of the damage is. But the fact that they're, that they're looking at a, you know, I think I heard Mike say this on your show yesterday, that they're looking at weeks rather than, than months at this point, I think is a, is a, is a super positive sign for, for the Winnipeg Jets because losing Kyle Connor for the season would not have been, you know, obviously a good thing. And, and just given the way he's playing and the, and the offense he provides for this team, it's, uh, it's good news that, he, that him, he, he could be back as early as do the math end of January, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good news for what we saw a couple days ago. Yeah, well, and, and you know, the end of January, the Jets play the Leafs on the 27th and then don't play again until I want to say February 6th or 7th because the All-Star game is in there as well as the player break. So, I mean, if Kyle Connor could come back after that player break, I mean, that would be a huge win. And, and the thing about Connor is we don't really have any any history Right. Um, to find out about his recovery time. And again, different injuries. But, I mean, he's basically barely missed games with the exception of COVID since he became a Winnipeg Jet. And not that you want to find out, but they're going to find out who can step up in the meantime with their number one goal scorer out for a significant period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even before that, I mean, I, I heard Jamie kind of talking about it in your last segment, you know, you know, Gabe Velarde was talking about the challenges of, of going through rehab, right? You you hear it from every guy that, you know, obviously there's the physical component, but there's the mental component of not having gone through, a, you know, a significant injury that Kyle Connor is going to have to go through now. And that's, you know, that's not an easy thing, but, you know, he's a committed guy. And, and uh, certainly with the, you know, the technology we have these days and everything, um, you know, if, if he can, if he can prevent a tear, because that's what it says to me, the six to eight week timeline tells me there's no tear. Um, so if he can, if he can escape that, that that's massive, but yeah, you're right. I mean, this is, this is opportunity, right? I mean, this isn't look, the jets have certainly, I don't want to say surprised, but have certainly, um, I think shocked a lot of people around the league just with how well they're playing their five on five play is just incredible. Uh, special teams could obviously use a boost here, but this, this team has the inner workings to, and has been playing a style of game that's going to allow them to get through this. You know, I, I've heard, you know, Scott Billick talk about that on the show. I think he wrote about it too. You know, you, um, you know, other guys have kind of kind of shared that sentiment. I, I do think that this team is in a position to weather that storm, you know, and, um, you know, in previous years, there'd be an injury and it would almost kind of be, you could almost feel the, 
the uh, the air like release from the team, right? And this year, with with just the way you know players are are competing, you have Morgan Barron, who looks like he's getting that shot up the up the lineup. I mean, he's certainly deserving of that, and um, and has been this season. So I think there are options there, but you know, I also think the Jets need to start looking. You know, I think they need to start looking for some some goal power here because you know that word hopefully. Uh, well, promising isn't a guarantee. You know, this isn't a guarantee that Kyle Connor is going to be out six to eight weeks. And if and if he isn't, if if, if it's worse than first thought, um, you know, they're going to need a lot of help there. But they they do have a lot of options in house. Uh, they certainly been playing a strong five on five game. If they can if they can pick up special teams, um, you know, that I don't want to say that six weeks or eight weeks is going to fly by, but they'll certainly be in a better a much better spot if they can get some help out there too. Well, I mean, and speaking of special teams. Um, listen, the power play looked discombobulated um, after the Connor injury. And, of course, Shifley dropped the glove. So he also wasn't on the power play for that entire five minutes. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they were drawing penalties all night. That is going to be an area that is going to, I would imagine, be worked on extensively in their limited practice time, Jeff, because it really, really will be new looks. There'll be new players involved on both units. Um, you know, if you take out Kyle Connor, and obviously Shifley's going to be back. I mean, you're not taking both of those guys out like happened on the five-minute major. There's a lot of work to do to get that unit in. But at the same time, and we knew this was going to happen, the PK has really come around. And, I, I mean, I think back to the penalty killing in maybe the Jets' signature win of the season last Thursday against the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, the Avs are high-octane when it comes to moving that puck and was it about 45 seconds of five on three to me, the crucial point in the game that allowed the Winnipeg Jets to, um, you know, to get a massive two points and move on and keep that win streak going. So, um, you know, as much as, listen, I think we have to realize that the goal scoring might not be where it is when Kyle Connor's in the lineup. I think that's a logical deduction to make. Um, but with the way this team's been playing defensively, with the way the goalies are running right now, in particular Connor, Connor Hellebuck, and the way the team's sort of buying in to play that way, I think they're set up better, especially with the depth of the club that we've talked about all season long, to weather this. Um, they're in better shape to weather this than they would have been in the last few seasons. Yeah, and I go as far as to say it's not even just a, a talent pool thing. I think the culture there alone is is a big factor in weathering these kind of storms, weathering the ups and downs of a season. I think the cohesion that we're clearly seeing in the locker room this season um, is is going to benefit them, you know, through these the, these challenges, right? I mean, this it's interesting because I, I was I was looking at you know obviously the the Jets. I think Colorado jumped ahead of them now in the Central, but um, you know to get that victory over the, over the weekend and to um and to move into first place i mean to me like that was the same thing as last year i i, I looked at my I, I searched on twitter i used my my handle and then jets first place central and it literally came up december 9th 2022 that the jets moved into first place in the central division last season um obviously it was december 10th they moved into first place this this year uh but I don't think they're anything like last year's team for those exact reasons you just mentioned, Haas. The five-on-five play, so much different. The discipline they have in their, in their, you know, between the blue lines, so much different. You know, it's it's a team that is working together. Uh, you know, they're looking a lot. I mean, there are some lines that are struggling right now. You, you know, something's got to give with that second line, obviously. Um, but but this is a team that I think plays a complete game. They bought into it. I think the maturity level of this team has gotten to a point now where you know you have guys that are 
are encouraging other players in the locker room to you know play that style and 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 more often more so than anything else when you get the results out of that style of play then you commit to playing that game and i think that's what we're seeing with the winnipeg jets and that commitment while um you know certainly there's the talent there and the depth as you mentioned i think it's the systems work and the and the ability to play within that system and to excel in that system that is going to be the biggest part um i think when it comes to to weathering any kind of storm here you know you just mentioned the possibility of making a move now i i think that in the short term, the Jets are going to see how things go. Velarde's going to move up with Shifley and Ehlers. Morgan Barron's getting a bump up. Um, but I think there will be a there will be some consideration of potentially adding a player. I'm seeing in the chat a couple people asking about Jacob Rana, who found his name on the waiver wire today. He has an expiring contract at the end of the year. He makes $2.6 million. He's 27 years old. I mean, back in 18, 19, and 19, 20, he had back-to-back 24 and 25 goal seasons. And at times, he's been, you know, a really effective scorer in the league. He had 13 goals and six assists in 19 games, or sorry, 19 points in 26 games with the Wings in 21-22. Last year didn't go well, though. Um, five five games with Detroit before being sent to Grand Rapids. Ended up in St. Louis and scored 10 goals in 20 games. But this year, it obviously hasn't been working out. And and I'm not sure. Remus, help me out here. Was Vrana, yeah. was Vrana in the, uh, the player assistance program at some point? I think, yes. Yes, he was. Uh, he came back last year in December. Um, he went in October 19 to the program that is designated to offer players treatment for mental mental health and ranging to substance abuse. So he came on for a couple months last season. And he was asked why he was in the program, and he said he didn't feel like uh, sharing anything. So, so and again, this was before, I mean, it looked like, you know, when he made it to St. Louis last year, I mean, a really excellent start. They didn't make the playoffs, and now it hasn't gone well. So, and, and I haven't heard the reports on why he's ending up on waivers. Um, and, and listen, I mean, if a guy's having a lot of problems, I mean, that's getting him off St. Louis, I'm not sure whether the Jets would be in on it. But it is an intriguing name of a guy that you know can score goals at the NHL level, Jeff, if the team wanted to take a flyer on a player without any commitment to a contract beyond this year for a young man that, you know, might come into a situation like this and be able to really help for a couple months while Kyle Connor isn't there. It's intriguing to talk about. Yeah, certainly intriguing to talk about Haas, but even some of the points you made, I'll add another one. You Sometimes you put guys on, on waivers like that to, because you want them to regain their confidence that you're not worried about them being taken or you don't care if they're being taken, obviously. I put them at risk there. So I think, you know, I, any any team, whether it's, it's the Jets or somebody else who finds themselves in injury trouble, I mean, they have guys that go in and, and do their homework. So, you know, I, I don't I, – I think when you look at that kind of production, that's something, you know, that especially when you look at the 10 goals and 20 games with St. Louis last season, I mean – those are those are things that suggest that this guy, you know, can catch fire. That he that he can, you know, obviously can score goals. Uh, then you look at the production this year, and then you look at, you know, maybe some of the history, um, as you mentioned, you know, the going into the leagues. I think you said substance, uh, you know, 
program and, the and whatnot. The player assistance player, program. Sorry, player I'm not sure whether right. it's for sure it. right. substance abuse. There could be a number of things. Great. Thank you for correcting me on that one. Um, and so, you know, there's might be some stuff there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's intriguing. It's certainly a guy who probably fits the bill in some ways, particularly around the offensive side of the game. But I think there's lots of guys out there, you know, I think there's not, not tons necessarily, but there are players out there that, um, you know, like of that caliber player, if you will, that might have a little less to deal with or, or might have more, you know, not have confidence issues or whatever, whatever's plaguing him at this point, that's leading to him going on waivers. But uh, again, I just, I think it's whether it's Verona or, um, or somebody else, or or just, you know, I think right now the Jets have a tendency to just stick with who's there, right? And I think that's the interesting part. Now, um, I almost be looking at the moose. Now, I know that's not exactly, you know, whether it's Lambert, Jabrikov, like, I mean, these guys are, these guys are having good seasons with the moose. And I think, you know, it'd be quite interesting that if, you know, if, if Kyle Connor is out long-term or even if he's out these two months, um, if it would give an opportunity to one of those guys to come up from the, from the farm team, to give it a shot. Right. Cause I just, to me, it's, it's, you know, it's great that a Morgan Barron can be offensive and, you know, he can, and he, he can be playing with confidence. And I know Rick Bowens likes him, you know, that, that East coast connection and whatever, but you know, I don't know if Morgan Barron on your second line is a recipe, for, you know, if we're talking about this team being a Stanley cup contender of, of, you know, competing at the end, going through the grueling NHL playoffs, like Morgan Barron can't be on your second line. Like it's just, it's not what back teams look like, and especially when you have a, a, a yeah. But we're not line. talking about the playoffs right now. We're talking about getting through these next two months while Kyle Connor's uh, for sure. Out. But what I, my my point is is though you're 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 replacing a top line forward or top six forward in this case. Can you start plugging players in that aren't top six forwards into roles? Yeah, you could probably get away with it for two months and you know p- possibly tread water or whatever. I mean, uh, maybe even do well. But it's just you know like I think when you look at you look at roles players are are good at and and you know they excel at Morgan Barron's kind of a deeper third line scoring option you know whereas like a Tvikov from from the Moose would be would be a would be a great addition right he's an offensive guy that would be the role that he would play and so i just i don't know i i'd like to see a little bit more i don't even know if it's guts cuz i don't want to you know i don't want to say it's guts but i just a little bit more gambling on bringing some younger guys up and seeing if they can excel and to the point i made earlier this is this is to me. It's like this is the culture you want to bring players into right now. You know, I don't think the Jets have been in a situation where they've been all that comfortable bringing up guys from the Moose and putting them into that into that locker room. Right now is the time to do it. And if it, you know, you don't have to do it forever. Maybe you do it for a couple weeks. Give a, you know, give those guys a cookie for what they've been doing down down on the farm and, and bring up and get some of that confidence. Well, well, let me ask you this, because I think, like, I guess I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like, based on what we've got right now with these lines tonight, hmm. who are you taking out of the lineup to test out a young player that may or may not be ready? Like, I, I think right now... Wait, answer? Mean, Axel. Yeah. Like, I, I, know, I know he's been playing well, but he was out last... Like, I'm just, I'm just, like, I mean, move... That would be the guy, probably. Or one, you know, you're not taking out a follow out. Gustafson, you know, another option potentially. Like, I don't know. Like, that's but keep my in point. mind the role those guys are playing right now. They're playing fourth line and they're very important on the penalty kill right now. 100%. I mean, like, Chipperkov, like, listen, he's got a lot of talent and I think he projects to potentially be a middle six forward in the NHL. 
Um, he's got eight goals. He's minus 12 right now. I mean, I think these guys are still really learning the pro game. And listen, if it comes out where you're sort of for, you're, you're, you're put in a situation where a couple other guys go down, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think that's their first choice right now. If it was their first choice, wouldn't they be on the team? Well, they're not their first choice. That's why they're replacements. You know what I mean? Like, so, but is there, was their second choice Morgan Barron on the second line when, when, when they decided to make these lines for this season? No, probably not. Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not, it's not, it's not what he was doing in training camp, Huss. It's what he, and he was doing well in training camp, and they've been high on this guy for a while. It's what he's doing right now that's impressive. And so, if you're looking to fill a, you know, a middle six or a top six option, I'm just saying that might be a little more punch and play them while they're playing conf- confidently. And like I said, it's not one of those, like bring them up for a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Be part of the process. Maybe that's all, that's all I'm suggesting. I'm not suggesting that what they have right now isn't working or isn't going to work or anything like that. It would just be nice to see some of those guys who are excelling down on, on the moose come into this locker room and see what they can do with this team. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't think there's a big downside of it. The, uh, the only thing is when I look at these lines tonight and say it doesn't work with Baron, although I, I'm, I think he's played well enough that he certainly has put himself at the front of the line for an opportunity to move up. But listen, if it doesn't go down, it doesn't work out, he can absolutely play on the third line with Lowry. And you know, Nito Niederreiter can move up. And I mean, I, listen, if we're talking about a guy that can play extended period of time, giving everything that Rick Bonus wants in both ends, I think it's pretty hard to argue that Nito Niederreiter would not be a more logical choice than one of the guys that have never even played an NHL game. For sure. Like, I, I, I'm not saying right now he wouldn't be a better option. I'm just saying right now you could, if you if you brought those guys up, you give them the experience, the development comes quicker. That's all I'm suggesting. I'm not saying that those guys should be, you know, moved into the second line right away and and, and whatever, but they, why not give them a shot? Why not give them a game? Why not see what they can do? Like, they've been, they, they play the same systems on the moose. It's not like you, you have to come up and, and teach this guy a new playbook. You know, I, I, that's all I'm saying. I, I mean, it's kind of funny to me right now that we're even kind of debating it because I, I don't think that's, that's necessarily the better option what I'm suggesting. I just think it seems like the opportunity right now to bring up those guys, ride the momentum they've had, and put guys into a position or a role that they're used to. Because what do we often see? These guys coming up and playing, you know, top six guys on the moose, playing third, fourth line, asked to do completely different things. Why not ask them to do the same thing you know, here, and, and I mean, I, I understand people go, yeah, okay, they're 20 years old, they're young, you know, and, and that's fair, but you don't really know what you got until you till you give it a shot. And 20 isn't all that, you know, it's obviously young, but it's it's not super young. It's not 18. And we see guys impress on different teams across the league seemingly every week who are 18, 19, 20 years old. That's, that's all I'm suggesting. It's opened up an opportunity. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those guys here in February. If it is a longer-term injury. Oh, well, hey, dude, uh, listen, I, I this could be a very different conversation on Friday. <laughs> Never mind February. Right. I mean, you know, if somebody else goes down, if things don't work now that Kyle Connor's out and they're kind of rejigging these lines a little bit, I, I, mean, I do think everything's on the table. I would just say that, it, listen, the way the team has been playing and every one of these guys right now contributing – um, I, I think they see what happens first, and then if there is a need, then they start thinking more along, along the lines of a waiver pickup like a Vrana, a potential deal, or maybe for the time being, giving one of the young guys an opportunity for a little bit to come in and get their feet wet and uh, 
be a part of it. But I will say this. This is a different scenario than if the team had just sort of been up and down. Like, I mean, they've been winning hockey games consistently right now and are battling in first place. And it's hard to point out anybody on the roster right now that hasn't had a big a big piece of it. Jeff Hamilton's with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hit that subscribe button and thumbs up if you haven't already. Another great crowd in here on WST today. Hey, I wanted to get away from the Jets for a minute. I've been looking forward to have you on. Let's go. Because, I mean, you are a uh, an award-winning journalist, a big J if there ever was one. I wanted to get your perspective on the nature of insiders and the fiasco that took place with the Shohei Otani period of time like I, what, what's I came your perspective a, on i that? came here to have a calm conversation <laughs> now to I'm just you know like to, to to you know to not furl my brow as much as i often <laughs> do to come across as a nice guy i'm really happy to be out of covid and everything and you bring this up it's a disgrace man but here's the thing like it you know what was it so what were the th- i mean i'm gonna get into details of like i mean i don't even want to get into what happened with the dodgers nation guy because that to me is just like that apology non-apology letter is like that's a disgrace like that guy has knows nothing about journalism like that 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 to me was just insanity um but so was it was it bob nightingale who wrote wrote who wrote the notes piece no no morosi john morosi the mlb insider he was the one that put out otani right is on his way to toronto toronto Toronto. no but then bob nightingale i'm Nightingale, Nightingale was the one that said he is not in Toronto. He is right. in, but he, he wrote a, he wrote a column about insiders, which I think people should go to go read um, about the relationship with insiders. And maybe this is the opportunity to kind of clear some of this stuff up. Like yeah. any NHL insiders, MLB insiders, um, NBA insiders, whoever it is, like there's this perception that like they work hard. There's no doubt about it. Like they grind in their own way, but they aren't hitting the cement trying to investigate all this stuff. They're getting phone calls. They're leveraged. The, 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 the role of an insider is to leverage your information to all the teams. Everyone calls you and they'll give you something if you give them something on another. Like it, it's all about leverage of information. And so, and so 95% of the time, it's either the team or the agent that's getting their, me- their message across, right? And so it's, it's just there's times where it works out well. Where you know they, they you know they provide you the exact information. It's as solid as it gets. You can put it out there with no concern. You're not you know pushing send and then having your heart race 200 beats a minute because you're not 100. You know you're 99.9% sure. But in this world, if you're not 100%, then you're you're there's some consequences. And so it's just it's fascinating to me that you look at what happened here and the information. It's so obvious that the you know, whether it was the team or the agents, someone got played. Someone, you know, like, because you don't go out there and make those kind of statements as a guessing game, like, because you you get ruined. And so, you know, while some people are looking at the Dodger Nation guy and saying, oh, you know, maybe he was just, maybe he was just predicting or he had a pretty good idea of it and he was just hoping that it would be. Yeah, probably to a certain point, but you're not writing that this guy's going to Toronto unless somebody of some incredible value told you that information. Like you're just not running with it. It's too, it's too dangerous. Well, and the so Morosi, the, the, the Morosi tweet seemed to come from CAA. Yeah, CAA. So, and I think there's a lot of conjecture that they sort of floated this out there and made this up to squeeze the Dodgers 
and to put pressure on them to up their offer and get the eventual 700 mil that they're putting to them. But here, here's my question for you. Mm. If like, it, is it, is it just on Morosi for getting burned or is there like, if he was lied to and put that out, I mean, that could have a terrible impact on a guy's career. I mean, Big I time. can tell you, I can tell you right now, like he was a regular on the fan 590 in Toronto. Like he can never go on that station again. Like if he does, I mean, there will be an uprising of Blue Jays fans walking down to the station. I mean, his credibility and potentially his earning potential takes a big hit. Like mm. it, it seems like from the outside, a guy that doesn't know anything, about this, it seems like that's almost like fraud that can have major impacts to other people. Um, but at the end of the day, is the name of the game, you got to source it twice and he just went too quickly with it, even if he was being fed complete BS? So, so it's an, it's an, if you look at what he reported, right? He reported going to that Otani was going to Toronto. Not that Otani signed with Toronto, that he was, you know, that he was just heading there. And so there was, there's the, it's almost as much as what you're, the information you're not getting as the information you are getting. And it was pretty clear through his comments that he got screwed over by the agency, right? And so I can tell you this right now, he ain't trusting that agency ever again, <laughs> you know? So that, that's a guarantee. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's lots of lessons to me. I mean, he came out and apologized, man. That's the worst. Besides plagiarism, being wrong on a significant, significant report like this one. I mean, this is the biggest contract in North American sports history. Um, it has lasting consequences. And so, you know, you do all your due diligence. There's no doubt in my mind. I have a lot more credibility for Morosi than, than the JP guy at Dodgers nation, just for his, just because of his role and, and, and what he provides and, 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 and what he's done in the past tells me he got screwed over. And so fans either need to decide, okay, is this guy trustworthy? Is he not trustworthy? Like he was given bad information from a good source. And so, He's going to wear the, the brunt of it. Nobody cares. No one, there's no face for the agency to, to, to yell at and get angry about. Like, and they don't care if you get angry to them. It's not their game. So Can you sue them? I don't think you can sue like, them, Say though. you got fired. Say it's like, listen, this is too embarrassing for us. We it's can't have you It's a fascinating question, man. It's a fascinating question because you'd have – obviously, you, if you're suing, you have to have proof. And I imagine he would have a ton of proof. You know what I mean? Oh, Text yeah. messages, all these things. And the, and the thing is, is I don't understand why some inside, well, I do get it because it's career suicide to come out and say who screwed you because, yeah. you know, there's lots of agencies that you, like, you know, if they're not screwing you, they're using you. And so, or in, in this case, they're doing both. They're using you to screw you. And so it, it really is a fascinating argument, Huss. I never even really thought about it like that. But if you go and you misrepresent information, and that affects your income and, and, and potential earnings for the future and your reputation. And as we all know, if you don't have a, your reputation is everything in this business, then, yeah, I think you might have grounds. I mean, hell, man, we're, we're seeing new things enter court seemingly every week these days. I wouldn't be surprised if that was that was one. But I also think the play here is for Morosi to just take the hit. We live in a world of 24 hours news cycle. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Jays fans that are not going to be happy with him or like him or whatever. But, uh, you know, something else is going to happen <laughs> soon enough to take over all the attention. Uh, so I don't think you want to go down that path. But it, I mean, at the end of the day, man, if, if, if drastic consequences are the result here for, you know, like losing your job, 
then yeah, I think you do probably have some legal recall. Uh, yeah, I've just been thinking about it a lot because, I mean, it was obvious that the Jays and certainly fans of the Blue Jays north of the border got completely worked, taken advantage of, used. Um, and but and again, like the fans will get over it. They'll have to deal with it. But I do think of these professional relationships. And I mean, it seems pretty clear that there was intentional misinformation put out by people two very powerful people that are going to be paying the price for a long time after those checks are clearing for Shoei and CAA's agency with the way that they, uh, with the way that they put it all up. Um, we'll have to, we'll, we'll, this is a fun conversation. We'll get into more on this on Sunday when we've got a little bit more time. What, uh, what do you have cooking in the freep coming up? Uh, I'm digging back into the CFL today in my rundown column. Lots of, lots of big news around the league uh, with coaching staffs, with, uh, um signings just some stuff uh some some other stuff for the future here um so i'll write my rundown column today and then then i got a couple things on the couple things on the go this week some more longer term projects that uh that i'll be digging into and uh i'm actually doing a cheerboard story on friday um so get really excited for that one coming out four o'clock afternoons friday so beauty uh, it's working man i'm feeling good being back at work that's you know to me like i wasn't even kidding i I got like I'm got like pretty giddy just being healthy again, you know. It's uh, so I, you know, I'm just gonna enjoy the week. Well, I'll tell you what, that is great to hear, and I'll look forward to that. And we're actually got a nice little donation for the cheerboard coming up too. Thanks to everyone that joined us last uh, last Wednesday. Uh, Hammer, glad to see you're off the DL. You're still looking like a million US tax free, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Have a great one, and uh, maybe we'll see you at the rink on the weekend. Yeah, and thanks a lot for having me on as always. And uh, I'll, I'll, unless there's some crazy circumstances, I will be at the next. I'll be at the next uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, live event. I can I can guarantee that. Unless I'm working or something that is out of my my touch, I'll I'll definitely be there. So right on, dude. Right on. Have a good one, and uh, we won't wait for that event. We'll get together soon for a couple great stuff. There's Jeff Hamilton. You can read his work in the Winnipeg Free Press. And, of course, give him a follow on X if you haven't already, at Jeff K. Hamilton. Um, all right, Reem, uh, Andy Mack's ready to go. But if we do have a bit of breaking news, we've got this. Uh, I think we've got some Rick Bonus video, which we'll fire out in just a second. Uh, maybe if you want to get that ready, I will thank our friends at Princess Auto uh, for the great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, of course, we've got the holidays coming up and uh, – um, Princess Auto fans uh, swear by it for a good reason because it's the best deals on the wildest and most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new in 2024 is there at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of their two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road or Portage Avenue West, and get those last-minute holiday gift ideas rolling in the dome over in the shop online 24-7 as well at princessauto.com. Uh, speaking of Christmas shopping, you can take care of pretty much all of it for the Jets and sports fans in the family with a quick trip to Manitoba's number one sports superstore, Royal Sports, with the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear you'll find anywhere, including thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merch, including all the jerseys personalized with your favorite player, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, NHL, NFL, Tons of MLB gear as well for Blue Jays, Raptors, international soccer, and of course the biggest and best hockey selection as leaders 
in hockey skates, equipment, goalie equipment, sticks, and more for over 40 years. And uh, while you're popping in at Royal, make sure to check out all the cool stuff on the skate snow, the Kings skate, snow, and surf side. Um, you know, incredible Yeti selection as well. All sorts of cool hats, shoes, you name it. They've got it. Royal Sports. Take care of your list for the holidays right now at 750 Pemina Highway. And follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And, uh, hey, speaking of the Jets, we'll hear from Rick Bonus in just a second. Great night to uh, maybe have a nap and then head on out. Take advantage of happy hour prices between 9 and 12 at your local Boston Pizza and watch the Jets take on the Sharks, and then I'm back at it tomorrow night when the Jets take on the Los Angeles Kings. Um, all the great new additions to the Appy, uh, appetizer menu, in addition to their world-famous wings, ice-cold schooners, and gourmet pizzas. No better place to watch the Jets than your local BP, and if you are staying at home tonight, you can always get the great taste of Boston pizza by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right, Andy McNamara is coming up in just a second. We've got a very quick clip this is what Rick Bonus had to say on Kyle Connor's status after today's morning skate. Kyle is heading back to Winnipeg. Um, he'll be reevaluated by our doctors tonight when he gets in, and uh, we'll go from there. As, but as now, obviously, he's not playing tonight or tomorrow, and we'll know more tonight once our doctors have the chance to examine him themselves. So, has there been there any kind of time frame explained? The sort not of potential. Until we, uh, not until we we hear from our doctors. All right, so uh, there you have it. I mean, uh, nothing definitive from the head coach. Kyle's on his way back to Winnipeg. He uh, presumably will be uh, seeing them, I believe he said, tonight. Um, So whether we get a further update in L.A. tomorrow from Rick, I think it's probably more likely that Thursday or Friday uh, the official word. But as Mike reported earlier, and he, of course, is there in San Jose, um, the expectation is that Kyle Connor will be out six to eight weeks, hopefully. Um, but I think that's an important caveat there that um, for the meantime, Rick Bonus would only rule Kyle Connor out for the next couple of days. And some more consultations with Winnipeg Jets team doctor staff will happen when he gets back to the city. All right, let's uh, bring in Andy Mack. Look at this. Believe in Cleveland. The Brownies. The Brownies are back. And my guy, the elite Joe Flacco, a, a man, a man who had tormented the Browns for many years as a Super Bowl winning quarterback in the division for the Ravens. Now is the Browns back on top? You must be, uh, you must be pretty fired up these days, Andy. Why us? I think I would ever be rooting for Joe Flacco. I never, ever. You could have given me the name of a hundred quarterbacks. I never would have picked Joe Flacco off of it for the ones that would start as the fourth quarterback for the Browns this year. Not only the fourth one, the fourth one to win a game. Like, plus, that's got to be Coach Stefanski right up there for Coach of the Year uh, opportunity for the Browns. Be eight wins. If they, if they, and they should make, make the playoffs with four different quarterbacks, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I think you'd probably have to go pretty far back in NFL history to find a team that was a playoff team that had four different quarterbacks win games for them. But it hasn't been a wild season. And, you know, to think that Nick Chubb got his knee blown out early on, and, I mean, everything that's happened with Deshaun Watson and the rest of the quarterbacking grew, 
Um, you understand why this was such an important year for the Browns organization going all in because they had a world-class defense. They thought they had the position, the pieces in the offense that obviously aren't around right now, but they're finding a way to hang in there and win big games. And uh, I'll tell you what, once you get to playoffs, a defense like that can win you a lot of tilts. Yeah, yeah it, it sure can. Now, the trouble with, and we see it across the league, of course, and it almost seems, and maybe we say it every year, Huss, but it seems like this year more than others. Um, the injury bug, my goodness, it's crazy. And now it's affecting the Browns on the defensive side of it, but they're getting a little healthier. Denzel Ward, Pro Bowl, corner, he's back in. You have MJ Emerson, who's been uh, a second-year player. He's a, He's been a star this year. And it's a case where you look at the attrition and the Jim Schwartz factor and how you overcome that, um, and really how you have to lean on it. But the funny thing is, Hus, it's been the offense the last two games with Joe Flacco who has helped the defense overcome. And again, fourth different quarterback. Joe Flacco, he has added stability. The receivers, I have to tell you, the receivers for the Browns are like giddy talking about playing catch with Joe Flacco. Not because he's like some icon, but because the ball comes out. He's calm, cool, collected. You see in the game, it's just, oh, plays out there, throw it away. Not going to run around for 10 yards in the back. Not going to get cute. Nope. Throw it down. Dump it. Let's go again. And he, and he gets it done. It's uh, it, it's spectacular. Now, you still have a long way to go. You got a very beatable, but a a rising Chicago team coming in on Sunday. Um, so it's it's going to be fascinating down the stretch. It, it, it sure is. Um, how about Monday night last night? Like, both wow. of those games were incredible thrillers, and I will say this. It certainly didn't look like that was going to be the case through the first halves of both games. Um, no. <laughs> DeVito Magic in New York, and what a devastating loss for the Packers. I mean, I was saying at the start of the show, the hilarious result of the action on the weekend was that the Minnesota Vikings, by outlasting the Raiders in the 3 nothing snooze fest, oh were the one team that they were the big winners in the NFC wildcard race. Um, the Lions lost, so they've got two head-to-head games against the Lions. Now, I will preface this with saying there wasn't a damn thing I saw from the Vikings on Sunday that gave me a lot of hope that great things are ahead. That was no. as ugly as a game as you've ever seen. Hey, the defense played well. But at the same time, Andy, they're in the sixth hole right now at 7-6, and six, and Green Bay even with their loss last night, is still in a playoff spot at 6-7, and seven, but they've got a heck of a lot of company. That NFC is its so reversed from, I think, what we thought was going to be at the start of the year. Like We thought pretty much outside of the Raiders, AFC West was going to just be a, a bonanza, right? And, and, and now you see the NFC, but then you look at the NFC, and we thought, okay, well, what are all these factors going to be? And it was supposed, supposed to be much better and it's really not. You got what the Buccaneers two top of the division at six and seven. That's looking like a eight and nine, nine and eight division winner. Um, so this is anywhere up for grabs. But really, the Vikings, like Huss, like okay, you won that three nothing game. What Nick Mullins is gonna save you? But you know what? I shouldn't make fun. Tommy DeVito's winning games. Joe Flacco's winning games. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Maybe Nick Mullins can do it for the Vikings. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, we can't say. We can't definitively say now. In 2023, this season, we can't be, we cannot write any situation off as just no. Hey, hey listen, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, like looking at playoff teams right now, 
I mean, obviously Baker's playing pretty well with the uh, your guy. Yeah, your guy. He's just getting it done. But I mean, that entire division, Falcons, Saints, Bucks, all six and seven. So somebody's going to make the playoffs. Um, but I mean, the Packers are in a playoff spot at six and seven. You've got the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints, all at six and seven. And don't look now. But the Bears and Giants are both playing pretty well right now. They're at five and eight. And normally would be an afterthought. I don't think you can say they're an afterthought right now, considering what the landscape of the lower end of the wild card is. Well, and that's the difference between that and the AFC where everybody is seven and six pretty much, right? And and yeah, so five and eight, like you just got to hang around. And again, do we think the Giants are going to be, even if they do get in, are going to do anything in the playoffs? No. The Vikings, no. The Bears, no. But can they get there? Like, I guess, right? I just think it's interesting with Chicago. And I think if you're a Bears fan, you have to, if it was me anyway, I would want either Justin Fields to play through the roof like oh my god he's the guy or totally suck and then draft the quarterback it's looking hus like it's going to kind of be that that in between that you don't want where it's like yeah maybe and then maybe you have a coaching change and maybe that guy likes justin fields but maybe he likes somebody else and you got two draft picks at the first round including the first overall pick because carolina's the worst um it's it's very interesting when it comes to that nfc north um and then goodness the nfc east like the Eagles were the, supposed to wrap it up. The Dallas Cowboys were supposed to be the paper tiger, right? You couldn't beat anybody, Dallas. Oh, okay. Just beat the best team in football. Oh, that's well, wild. What, what, I mean, what, what, what the hell do we do now? There's <laughs> there's Philly right now in the five hole, um, you know, and how quickly things have changed yeah. over the last couple of weeks. And they don't look like that team that raced out to, uh, you know, basically being the top team through 11 weeks of the season. No, they're banged but up. just to fields for a minute. Like, I actually disagree. I, I think the better fields can play, the better it is for the for the, for the the Bears right now. Because, again, they've got Carolina's pick. The yeah. pick we're talking about is going to be number one overall. That's held by Carolina. That was part of the Bryce Young trade. Terrible. So they'll be able to get Caleb Williams, who... If they want. Well, here's the thing. You can trade, like, the better Fields plays, I think the more return you get for Fields from a team like Atlanta, like New Orleans, like one of these teams that, you know, I think look and see him a guy as a guy that would be a big, big upgrade from where they are. And the thing that you cannot underestimate is how important that rookie contract is for a quarterback. I mean, to have him, because, I mean, Fields is going to need a new deal in a year you know, after, yeah. after next season. So I, I think that the Bears make that move and go that way. And the better Fields plays right now, the better it is for uh, for his uh, for his trade value. But let's get back to the AFC for a minute. Um, like, <laughs> how did Miami blow that game last night? Uh, and what, and what's, the, what's the aftermath of that? Because Tua, I don't know if you saw Tua at the podium after the game. I mean, he was he was still in a state of shock, and he sort of said, "Hey, you know, everyone has bad games. Uh, you know, we'll get around for it." But it just seemed like they hadn't even processed no how no. badly of a um, of a fallout that they had from that. Yeah, total collapse. Like those two games, those two upsets. Like I had no doubt in my mind going in that the results would have been opposite what they were. Like no question. 
I wouldn't have even placed a bet for fun the other way. Like there was just no question it was not going to go the way it did. The Giants Titans money line parlay. <laughs> hey, if you get that's why you play, right? You do that a hundred times, you're wrong ninety nine, but you do the right amount on one time, you're doing okay. But like, but yeah. Well, the thing was, what I found interesting going into this week was that Miami and Dallas were in the same conversation. It was you can beat the average or bad teams, you can't beat the great teams. Dallas got rid of that conversation by beating the Eagles. Miami didn't even beat, they couldn't beat a bad team. They couldn't even keep the same narrative going. You lose that one. What does that mean? Well, it keeps the door open for Buffalo, who is just with all the injury. I don't know. They're they're not what they were, but they won. Um, so it's like now Buffalo's open. Now you don't have the number one seed. The one seed was right there, right there for you. Now it's Baltimore's. So you have that 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 it just clogs thing up things up even more. And if you're Miami, it's like, I don't know. Like, is there no, here's the thing. If you look at the AFC, nobody really scares you fully of like, you cannot beat that team. Everybody seems it can be beaten. It's really exciting because there's not that one team where you're like, all right, they're unstoppable. You know, it, it really has that parody feel. Um, you know what else it did? It sort of opened up the door a little bit more for the Chiefs. Because as Bal- long as Patrick's done crying, Baltimore, Kate, okay. come on, Listen, come on, man. I'm going to mute your freaking mic right now. Okay. What so what's, so what's your take on this? So you think that was just, un- oh, we actually did mute your mic. That's hilarious. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. Or did you mute yourself? <laughs> I didn't mute myself. Someone, someone much smarter. I'm okay, censored thank already. Thank, thank you, Remus. Thank you oh, for doing that. Remus. Censored, censored already. Oh okay, my your goodness. take on the end of the Chiefs-Bills game. Listen, I'll say this. You guys had that coming for that dirty Dan Sorensen hitting the playoffs in 2020. That, that's so I feel oh no pity God. for the Chiefs. Give me a call. break. I'll never get over it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the thing was, you're whining that the refs didn't tell you why because you're the Chiefs. The guy was offside. There was a penalty. And then he's going to what? He's going to run after and try to go slap a referee, d- diss and Josh out. And I saw he made his apologies. I saw he made his apologies. Whatever. I think it's Patty Mahomes who's had a – and look, Puss, I don't have to tell you. Guy's Hall of Famer, super talented. But let's be real here. They've never had a challenge to overcome winning a playoff game on the road. They've had if the NFL lauding flowers. Oh, Taylor Swift, it's so fun. Well, now you got some adversity, Patty. Let's see how you step up, kid. This is such let's a see. Cleveland – you're such a Cleveland Brown fan. Just – being losers forever, I love it. hating, hating on success of legitimate, legitimate championship operations, and even hating oh. on championship operations in the world of pop music like Taylor yes. Swift. It's the jealousy, yes. the jealousy oozing out of you, Andy. Britney Spears. Frankly, is represent reprehensible. Britney Spears greater than Taylor Swift. What? what who's who's with me? What's up? <laughs> No, something didn't go the Chiefs' way, didn't go Patty's way, and he's having a little Listen, you watch football for a long time. I'm yes. just talking about, like, take away the teams. Okay. <laughs> that call at that point, after it had been happening all game, like Dan Orlovsky went through the entire, entire – like, Tony's an idiot. Like, I'm fully yeah. throwing that out Jeez. there. Like, it's, it's unbelievably yeah, – uh, it, it's unconscionable to do that. However – Everybody know well, not everyone, apparently, check my mentions, but anyone that knows the National Football League knows that that, a is, that, that penalty has been called 
five times in three years on a wide receiver. And why is that? Well, it's because the refs will tell guys, guys, check. You always see the guys pointing over. Now, Tony did that and didn't even look at the referee. But Orlovsky went through the tapes. That had happened six or seven times. And as he said, and this is a former NFL quarterback talking, you will never, it has never been called without a warning, you know, for the guys to get back. To wait until that point to decide to do it, Carl Jeffers, I mean, it was hilarious. And then I got even more triggered last night. I don't know if you saw the start of the Miami uh, the Miami game. But, I mean, first, first possession for the Dolphins, Jalen Waddles lined up even further than Tony oh. was. And they've got, <laughs> really? they got the full line. No one says anything. Like, just the timing of that was... Um, oh. Well, was was brutal, and I mean, and, and the thing is, I am I do take solace in that anyone that has played the in the NFL, you know, the Orlovskis out there said that is just. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it when it's happening earlier in the game. Warn them, let them know that this is something because it just is not called and to happen in the last two minutes of the game. Really, really sucked. The big winners of all of this though are the Bills, and yeah. I do want to ask you. I mean. You know, with Miami losing, yeah, losing last night. I mean, even the division, hard to believe, is on the table. However, when you look at all those teams at seven and six, the Bills lose the tiebreaker to everybody. Wow. They're in the eleventh spot right now. Um, you know, and I'll pull up. I'll pull up the Bills' schedule because I'll, they. I'll, I say, mean, they I'll missed, say this. I'll say this too, yeah. Hus, on the on the officiating. Tr- very true. Everything you said. However. The officiating across the league this year has been horrendous. You can see, and like Miles Garrett was tackled multiple times with no calls in the Cleveland game. All across the league, horrible calls and non-calls. I think it's a bigger conversation where you have to, I think you have to really start simplifying things for these refs because there's too much betting money, fantasy money on the line to put up with this garbage officiate. It is the worst it's ever been. But that, like, has, let me get your take real quick on this. Yeah, I think it's because it's too complicated. Illegal formation, guys, like simplify it. Take away the stupid stuff that doesn't really matter. Simplify things for the ref. There's too many little rules. These refs are all spinning around in their head. It's it's ridiculous, and it's costing teams games and people money. And when it comes to money, that's when the NFL starts taking notice. Well, and, and listen, I'll go one step further because I kind of think these guys are put in bad positions. I mean, like, how the hell do they not have full-time officials? Yeah. I mean, these guys yeah. are working. You have to help. Like, you know, like, I mean, essentially, it's you're taking a guy from the packing plant and your Uber driver and throwing stripes on him and having him decide these games. Yeah, pay the guys X amount for a full-time salary. And guess what you're doing during the week, fellas? You're watching tape, you're getting accustomed, and you're just thinking about rules. Have simulated games. Go through virtual reality. Like, you have, there's enough money to go around to do that. Hey, back to the Bills. So they get their big win against the Chiefs. They get to seven and six. They're right in the mix, although, as I mentioned, they're in a terrible situation tiebreaker-wise with all those teams there. They got the Cowboys this week. The Old Dallas school. Cowboys. And, I mean, the Cowboys want to make a statement, statement game, statement win. That's going to be a hell of a game. That's the late afternoon game. Then they go to the Chargers. They'll win that. Herbert's out for the season. Yeah, um, there's no way they lose to the Patriots at home after <laughs> the Gasecki t- uh, late touchdown. To That was one of their two wins up until the game in Pittsburgh. But week 18, 
Bills at Dolphins. And the Dolphins are playing the Ravens on Christmas Eve. That loss last night, I think, completely changes the way they're feeling about themselves. Like, I think the Bills are very much live. But unfortunately for them with the tiebreakers and the fact that if they don't beat the Cowboys and they get to 7-7. and That's tough. Even if they win those two games against the Chargers. Like, I think... 10 and 7 should make the playoffs. I guess the big question is can the Bills win 3 of these games when you're hosting the Cowboys and have to go to Miami? Well, and the other thing is you can get to 10 and 7, but you just mentioned it with the tiebreakers. Right? Like but what if Indy gets to 10 and 7? Houston with CJ Stroud banged up, maybe not. Denver, what if they get to ten? like you can have a lot of teams get to 10 and 7 here. Let's say 7 and 6 teams right now. Bills 1 Pittsburgh two, Cincinnati three, Indy four, Houston five, uh, Denver six. Like you, can, there is, I, there's a real possibility you get to ten and seven, you miss the playoffs. It could happen on the tiebreak. That's wild, <laughs> right? Like, do you think the Dallas? Do you think Dallas letdown game? You beat the big bad Eagles defensive. Do you think it, it's a letdown? Bills are an old school rival, so maybe not. That's all kind of old. You know, I, I, listen. The Bills had that great start, but um, you know they really didn't do a lot in the last thirty, say forty minutes of the game. Um, yeah. And they've just made so many mistakes. I mean, listen, they were up fourteen nothing, and Josh Allen just throws that pick. I mean, a dumb. Uh, I mean, I have no idea he why he, why he threw that ball, but that's been an Achilles heel of them all year. But when they're cooking. I mean, they are a problem, and it would be wild if they miss the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, if they somehow sneak in in, like, that sixth or seventh spot, um, you know, a, a good team that's had a good season is going to host a very dangerous squad, and we see it all the time, Andy. A team just getting in at six, and they win the first wild card game, and the next thing you know, they're in the NFC or AFC championship game and can maybe make it happen. Oh, man. Continue this on for another hour with you, but uh, <laughs> just quickly, um, how good is Saturday going to be? And we've all got our fantasy football playoffs kicking right now. I mean, the three games, both when it comes to playoffs and fantasy um, and fantasy implications, are wild. Like the Chargers Raiders game is basically oh. a write off, um, especially so with bad. Herbert out right now. But Vikings Bengals, both teams seven and six, yep. followed by the Steelers and Colts. Both teams seven and six and in playoff spots. Mm-hmm. And then the Broncos at seven and six and the Detroit Lions. Like all six teams with winning records, all very much in the mix for playoffs going head to head. I can't remember a Saturday slate in the middle of December like this ever. No, and with like so much, so many tie breaks, so much playoff implications on the line with it. Like the storylines here. Lions just got beat. Are they on the downtrend? Is that that knee-biting Dan Campbell? Is that it? Or is he going to be able to rally them up? What about Sean Payton, who was a laughingstock and rightfully so started the year, led up to 70 points, <laughs> trounced Nathaniel Hattis, then the Jets beat him. Now they're coming back. Like, Okay, Haas, Broncos win. Are you you getting a little uncomfortable in your in your chair there? No, the, no. The in fact, Andy, maybe you missed yesterday on the show. I came on and informed everybody that I hope they enjoyed Sunday because that's the last time the Chiefs are losing this year. Woo! Through the regular season and the AFC playoffs, I'm not guaranteeing a Super Bowl because I think the Niners are that good that um, even the Chiefs eliminating mistakes, 
receivers actually being able to catch the ball, all of that. Like, the Niners are and should be the favorite in the league. But I'll tell you what, I look at the rest of the AFC, and I think we can give Mahomes, uh, you know, some credit for what he's done in the playoffs before when the chips are on the line. Um, At a certain point, the rest of the guys need to step up. That has been far too infrequent throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, it's been... But, I mean, again... They basically won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, it was MVS. I was at the game. He had a monster AFC championship game. Rashi Rice is coming together. I like Rashi Rice. But anyways, to answer your question, no, I'm not worried about the Broncos. But you know what would be juicy? If the Broncos get in, say, in the seventh seed, and Miami's the two seed, and the Broncos go back to Miami, the site of the 70-point beatdown as an entirely different team. Yeah, and get another crack at Mike McDaniel. I think Sean Payton would kill for that opportunity, and I got to give a lot of credit to Russell Wilson. He quietly has had a yeah. monster season, although I think there's still a way from being a from being a legitimate contender. Yeah. Um, what do you got coming on uh, coming up this week? You're uh, cranking on any content or just uh, counting down till kickoff for the Browns oh. and Bears? Oh, you know me, it's always working, always working, brother. Yeah, so I got actually out right now. You guys can check it out on the YouTube channel, The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, or Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram at AndyMCSports. We got new episode out, fantasy football waiver, under the wire, waiver wire pickups for fantasy playoffs. Some of the guys you might be overlooking or need to pick up, we got that there. Lots of Browns talk as well, of course, a little Flacco fever. I had to get the hanky out there, uh, Husk, got to dab the head. Get ready. And then Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, again on YouTube, The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Click subscribe. Uh, we're live 10 a.m. Eastern. Get your fantasy football start, sits, news, answer, hashtag ask Andy. Get all that in, and we have a lot of fun. You know, I uh, I know we were joking around, and I was giving you uh, the brain damage about being the Browns fans, <laughs> but I do cheer for the Browns. I've always been a Flacco guy. So I um, am now. <laughs> if, they're not, if they're not playing... Uh, the red and gold. I'm fully in on Cleveland. Woo. And that defense, I mean, that defense, you put them into a playoff game and there's no gimmies. Uh, yeah. There's no gimmies against those guys. And pray your quarterback survives going up against uh, going up against Miles Garrett. Listen, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. We got to do this a little more often. Let's catch yes. up in the next couple of weeks as we get into the holidays. Anytime, buddy. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Right on. That was good stuff. There's Andy <laughs> McNamara at AndyMC81. And uh, links there for all of the uh, the sick podcasts. You know, while we were talking about that, uh, Joey Panks made a great point in chat. And again, we're talking about the NFL, the biggest league in the world, and the fact that they don't have full-time officials, which they really should. But Panks makes a great point that probably the biggest um, barrier to getting elite officials in a lot of places is at lower levels the abuse that they take, and I'm talking about kids that are getting started at, you know, local rinks and stuff. I mean, some of the stuff that goes on is just, I mean, frankly, disgraceful. And, you know, with our program, uh, it takes a community to play with Sport Manitoba that we launched last week. You know, we're going to talk about getting people involved, you know, how they can volunteer. And we talked about coach recruitment, but official recruitment is going to be incredible, uh, incredibly important. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of, um, you know, programs installed to protect officials. It's sad that we've actually had to get to that point. Um, but, 
this is just a local PSA that as much as myself and people can, you know, yell at a TV about something that happened in an NFL game, um, it is important to respect the people because these games do not happen, plain and simple, if there's no one there to blow the whistle. Um, so, um, you know, it takes a community to play. And you can be an official for the sport you love. Unfortunately, you might have to deal with a little bit of the business, but um, it, uh, it it's very important as we go forward. And again, we'll get to uh, our next guest for It Takes a Community to Play for Sport Manitoba, supported by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries with uh, Vlastimil Cherny coming up on Thursday's show. Speaking of Thursday's show, that is when you're going to want to join us because I think Thursday we're going to do the Beat the Box Office tickets on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll figure out how we're going to do it. Probably a wheel spin. But if you're with us live on YouTube on Thursday in the second half of the program, you'll have a chance to win Beat the Box Office tickets for AEW. And the other pair of Beat the Box Office tickets, you can enter right now at winnipegsportstalk.com and we'll announce the winner heading into the weekend as well. Um, It's going to be unreal. April 10th. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Golden Jets, Winnipeg Natives are coming back with all the stars of AEW. Pre-sale December 14th, on sale this Friday, December 15th. So um, if you are a wrestling fan, if you went to the first event, it was phenomenal. Um, And man, along with Don Callis, who joined us last time, AEW is a great time and so many top Winnipeggers as part of the show. So, uh, Hopefully we have another great turnout for AEW. Get your tickets. You want to talk about a great Christmas gift for the wrestling fan in your family. They go on sale on Friday. And if you have ability for the AEW pre-sale, that is December 14th. And Thursday, be with us on WST live on YouTube for a chance to win a second pair of Beat the Box Office tickets in addition to the one that you can enter right now at winnipegsportstalk.com. Hey, a big thanks to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Hey, the holidays are here. We had a great time last week raising money for the Christmas cheer board. Um, Now it's time to both get together with friends and entertain at home. And if you're having beer, you may as well ring in the holidays with Winnipeg's finest, Little Brown Jug. If you go to the tap room right now, they've got a great deal. If you buy 12 assorted cans of your Little Brown Jug favorites, you'll get a $15 gift card to enjoy in the tap room on your favorite pints. It's a great deal. And you can also check out the deals and all Little Brown Jug offerings at your local beer vendor, really wherever sells great beer. And check out the merchandise as well at littlebrownjug.ca. You can't order online and they will deliver. And of course, with the holidays here, you want to get a little festive. You want to take your holiday dinner to the next level. Why don't you hit up Nick and Nikki for a DQ holiday themed ice cream cake? Who's not going to love that? Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you would like to um, maybe get a custom order in, send a picture or more, you can pick it up quick and easy at either DQ Polo Park or DQ Northgate or pop into either of those locations and check out everything they've got ready to go for you to uh, add a little bit of DQ to your holiday festivities. And don't forget, they got that Pita Pit out in Niverville as well. Great catering options. Hit them up at Pita Pit Niverville on Twitter or X uh, or Instagram if you want to uh, get some Pita Pit catering. They'll deliver throughout the city of Winnipeg as well. All right, let's get Remo back in here. And Remo, this has been a wild show today. Tons of people in here and a lot of 
A lot of, um, well, questions as to what is up with Kyle Connor. We found out throughout the show, Mike McIntyre reporting. They are hopeful it is six to eight weeks. But again, as the clip we just heard from uh, Rick Bonus, um, nothing official, if you will, and he's conned his way back to uh, meet with Winnipeg Jet uh, doctors. Yeah, Rick Bonus not confirming anything. Uh, Mike McIntyre reporting a uh, timeline. And you have to wonder, after all the reputable journalists about the Otani, people are doubting Mac- Mike McIntyre's Big J journo skills. Uh, so if Mike's saying six to eight from his source, uh, yeah. I would agree with that. But Rick Bonus publicly not going yeah. with it, with anything. And I think that's, look, I think that's kind of a best case scenario other than, you know, he's fine back, back tomorrow. But, you know, he's not out for the season. He's going to be back for the playoffs. So eight weeks. Well, today's December. So he's out January and you hope, you know, mid to late February. Look, March, you have him back in time for the playoff push. Uh, perfect timing. I think they can weather the storm. Do they look to bring in someone? Uh, we're seeing some people in chat maybe not interested in Jakob Rana, but that was a name on waivers who's had success before. I think they have to consider if he's going to be a fit in the dressing room. But the Jets are, I think, well-equipped. They just proved it with uh, Gabe Velarde being out. They proved it last year when Nikolai Ehlers was out. Mark Schaefer's been out in the past. That's going to be tough. You know, someone's going to have to step up and start scoring goals. He does lead the team. But uh, I think I think they'll, you know, they can weather this storm here for two months. Yeah, uh, and they're going to have to starting tonight. LB getting the start, um, which means we expect Connor Hellebuck to get the start tomorrow against the Kings. And then, of course, that big one Saturday night. Get your tickets. Jets Avalanche Saturday night, Canada Life Center. Great way to kick off this upcoming four-game homestand. Um, And, you know, let's get over to the cool bet lines. And, again, I know I mentioned this at the start of the show, but shout-out to WST and Lock Shop regular Mark Amphanasuk. Was always there in the marble race. Well, he was second to Nino Niederreiter on Friday. Mark was the November winner of the Cool Bet Hockey Hall. So he's got a Cool Bet prize pack coming his way, as well as tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets down, excuse me, at Canada Life Center. Um, tonight in the NHL, I did cook up a WST parlay for you, but quickly, let's get to these games. Uh, Leafs at Rangers, John Tavares getting booed out of the building last night as he scored his 1,000th point in, of all places, Long Island against his former team, the Islanders. Uh, Leafs plus 150, Rangers minus 177 tonight. The Canes have lost four in a row. It started off with their trip here to Winnipeg, and it got worse throughout the road trip, trying to salvage something from Canada. They're minus 130 favorites in Ottawa to take on the Sens, who are plus 111. Coyotes plus 161 dogs in Pittsburgh as the Pens are minus 192 faves. Um, Detroit at St. Louis tonight, the Blues minus 141 favorites. Same number for Predators, who are host to hosting the Flyers. Flyers plus 120. Lightning and Canucks, plus 114 for Tampa. Vancouver minus 134. The Oilers, Remo, minus 472 favorites against the Chicago Blackhawks. And the puck line in this game is minus 2.5 and it's only even money right now. I think there's a lot of people that expect the Oilers to blow out the Blackhawks. Yes, I expect that uh, to happen as well. The Oilers are hot. They're playing this uh, home stretch. They've put this line. They finally figured out the line they need to put together to have success. Uh, McDavid with Nuge 
and Hyman. I'm shocked that it took this long, but those guys have been rolling. And uh, Chicago, I mean, we saw them here. They are not very good. And Stuart Skinner, he's found his game. So uh, the Oilers made the coaching change uh, did work because they've been pretty good since then. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they were bound. They were also getting some saves mixed in, which is nice, as you mentioned, with Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner playing yeah. a heck of a lot better. Um, you know, I, I threw out for the uh, cool bet play of the day today, McDavid over one and a half points. It was minus 116 earlier. It's now minus 132. <laughs> for, and, and, for over one and a half. One and a half points and over yeah. two and a half points, which I think I am going to sprinkle on, plus 215. Um, but listen, McDavid had too much ground to catch up from everyone. He's doing it in bunches right now. Um, this has all the makings of an Euler romp and a big night for Connor McDavid. Um, the Panthers are in Seattle. Take on the Kraken at minus 169 faves. The Vegas Golden Knights minus 193 favorites against the Calgary Flames. And the final game on the schedule, the late one, 937 puck drop at the Shark Tank. The Jets, minus 215 favorites on the road in the San Jose Sharks, plus 180. But if we kick over to the exclusives, uh, first off, the Winnipeg Sports Talk Parlay. No Kyle Connor. Guys need to step up. We've got a Nikolai Ehlers goal. Josh Morrissey with an assist to continue his great play. And the Jets to win, plus 335. So we got a nice boost from the fellas on that one. So if you like Ehlers to score, Morrissey to get a point, and Jets to win, you could ride with me on that, plus 335. And then Dusty and I cooked up a three-gamer in the lock shop partner parlay. The Lightning to beat the Canucks, Panthers to beat the Kraken, and Vegas Golden Knights to beat, who are they playing again? Uh, Calgary. Calgary, and yes, Cal- Calgary. After blowing that two goal lead last night against the uh, uh, against the Abs, when we put that into the computer originally, and a couple of these lines have moved, it was plus four twenty five. Um, Jake and Patty give us a nice little boost at plus four sixty five. So, if you like our partner parlay, jump on that. And if you just want to focus in on the Jets game and you're feeling Nikolai Ehlers to score, Morrissey a point, and the Jets to win. Plus three thirty-five, all there in the cool bet exclusives. Yeah, I'm looking over the lines. Has I still think Gabe Velarde's been kind of uh, underpriced for the Jets. I've been saying he's in the plus three hundreds. He's still kind of high. Was he plus? He's plus two something. I just saw plus two forty-five. So he's, they're moving him up now. He's on the top line. So I still well, and of course, and he just got his first. Yeah coming and sometimes those come in bunches and you know he's going to have a heck of a great opportunity doing it playing with Ehlers and uh, and Shifley especially the way he can get to the net I yeah. mean that was a just a sublime tip that he had to score the uh, the winner in the last game yeah and he's been saying he's due for a while so uh he finally got one and they're going to need him to step up more and more Brossois and uh people are asking in chat uh, Phyllis who's the Sharks goalie McKenzie Blackwood is the likely starter According to Daily Face, I mean, he's actually been pretty good, and the Sharks have been good on the stretch. And you know, I was going through, you know, whatever pictures, and I was reminded of uh, I don't think I don't know if it was the last time the Jets played the Sharks, but uh, James Reimer just robbing them uh, repeatedly, and them losing a, an important game to San Jose late in the season as they're pushing towards the playoffs was not ideal. But 
I think the Jets again this year. We're not we're not here to talk about last year anymore. No. Us that that's old news. We're here to I'm, talk about tonight in San Everybody's Jose. over last year. Um, we're not over Kyle Connor being injured, and uh, the Jets are going to have to figure that out. Um, as we mentioned with the lines, Velarde up to the top line. Morgan Barron getting an opportunity to play with Vlad and Perfetti. Um, keeping Appleton and Niederreiter with Adam Lowry, that wrecking crew that's been uh, so dominant all season long. Axel back into the lineup with Gus and Alex Iafalo on the fourth line. Obviously a new look power play for tonight as well with Kyle Connor out. Um, so yeah, get a nap in, folks, if you need it, because it's a late one tonight. And with a win, the Jets will regain first place in the Central Division. But as we saw, Remus, it is that close that, you know, on a game where they, on a night where they didn't play, Colorado and Dallas win, and the Jets wake up back in third. Um, but two games in hand on Colorado and down by two points. One game in hand on Dallas, down by one point. All will be right in the world if they can get this win tonight with LB backstopping them back into first place and then uh, trying to run the table against the uh, the Kings if they can get the win tonight. Yeah, and uh, Hellbuck, saving Hellbuck. I was, you know, I said they were going to go with Hellbuck over against San Jose, just give him that extra rest. But hey, I think it shows when they pick Brossois, they have confidence in Brossois, and uh, they really want to win and put their best foot forward against LA Kings team, who's been very strong. And I don't know if we have to make like a WWE style trailer of Velarde versus. Lazat, are we expecting any fireworks there after uh, Vlardi had his press card media availability last That's week? That's a good question. That's a good question. Whether it's Vlardi, whether it's one of the other players in the Winnipeg Jets, I'm not. Uh, Shifley, he's he's the glove dropper. Yeah, Shifley or Ehlers, basically the uh, the two guys that are always always dropping them. Hey, a good uh, good uh, comment from Matthew Jansen. Pretty big trap game versus the Sharks. They heavily outshot Vegas and lost a close one last game. Lots of dynamic comebacks recently. Jets will need to play well. And that's exactly right. This is a team that was completely written off justifiably after being, people were calling them the worst NHL team in the last 20 years in the first 10 games of the season. But they've actually been catching a lot of teams and beating them. So, um, and, and and I think even more so, Remo, with the new looks of the lines, I think it will be back to the structure that Rick Bonus, Scott Arneal, Brad Lauer has instilled. Help out your goaltender and uh, make the most of your opportunities. And uh, even without Kyle Connor, the Jets certainly can win this game, but the San Jose Sharks have shown you got to show up for a full 60 minutes if you're going to beat them. Yeah, I, hey, they came back against Vegas the other day, and the Sharks are 5-3-2. and two. In their last 10. Uh, so they've, you know, they're not that team that early in the season, what, gave up 10 goals in back-to-back games. They do have some talent, and I think their goalie's going to have to play well for them, but this should be a, a tighter game than we expect. I don't know. I have flat. What was that game against San Jose where Hellbuck made, like, 50 saves? Something where the team didn't even show oh up. Oh, my God. That was a few years ago. That was a few years ago. Yeah. I think that was CJ Cease's debut in the National Hockey League. And yeah, it was 51 shots to 17 or 18. One of the most lopsided in the entire Hellebuck era. They certainly will look to avoid that tonight and help out Loren Brassois, who's looking to make it two in a row 
after a very impressive start last week against the Hurricanes. And tomorrow on the program, we'll discuss what happens tonight and get ready for Velarde and I have Fallows return yeah. to Los Angeles to take on the LA Kings with Connor Hellebuck in net after LB starts tonight. Yeah, and I texted uh, Dennis Bernstein has in LA, so he is going to join us, and we're going to talk to him about you know trade. I mean, how can we not? Now it's funny we were, felt a connection with Columbus for so long with the Line A uh, Dubois trade. Now Dubois is in LA, Line A. Uh, his game has really fallen off, and it's kind of, kind of sad considering how promising. It's totally sad. It's very sad. But now we're connected with LA forever, and I know a lot of people in chat uh, mentioning Pierre-Luc Dubois' numbers for this season. Has there was an article a couple weeks ago when we were at the Grey Cup calling him out for his play. And, I mean, eleven points, twenty-five games, you know, five goals, six assists. I don't know if that's what they thought they were getting when they signed him up for that huge contract after the deal. I think, well, I'll poke and prod Dennis for the latest on PLD tomorrow. Uh, of course, he did score against the Jets here on what was the low point of the entire season, that third game of the year, um, you know, where Velarde got hurt early on, Dubois scored. And the Jets really weren't in that game in the second and third periods. But really since then, I mean, they've been the best team in the NHL since November 4th. Um, they're playing some good hockey right now. And uh, it's about time to for everybody to step up in the absence of Kyle Connor. And again, I would expect that Thursday or probably most likely Friday, we'll hear more from the club on a confirmed timeline for Kyle Connor and a potential return, but as Mike McIntyre reported, uh, they're expecting six to eight weeks, quote, hopefully, for Kyle Connor, and uh, we'll have more on that when uh, the Jets get back after these next two games. But first up, it's the San Jose Sharks tonight, 9.30 puck drop. Enjoy the game, gang, and uh, make sure to join us, and we'll get right back at it. Dennis Bernstein in L.A. tomorrow. The latest on the Jets. We'll hear from the club and the locker room and uh, get ready for the uh, road trip finale before the Jets get back home to open things up on a big four-game homestand heading into Christmas with the Colorado Avalanche here on Saturday night. Make a plan to get to that game. Lots of good tickets still available over at winnipegjets.com. Thanks again to all the sponsors. Thanks to Andy Mack, one of my boys, for coming on today, talking a little NFL. Great stuff with Jeff Hamilton. And again, props to Jamie Thomas for coming on today. I wasn't sure whether he'd be able to even go into work after what happened to his Dolphins last night. But he manned up. He stepped up. It was great to have him on the program as well. And whatever your NFL team is, whether you're angry, you're mad, you're excited, you're depressed, the Jets can be back in first place with a win tonight. We'll be watching for it at 9.30 p.m. Enjoy it. we got to get the pods up, but... Uh, Hit that like and subscribe on your way out, and we'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. right here on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 